He's a paranoid, paranoid American And he's ranting about conspiracies again He's a paranoid, paranoid American And he's reading occult manuscripts again What up, y'all? This is Paranoid American with Juan and Donut talking about mind control, homunculus, moon children, and something I've never heard of that I'm reading for the first time, a Vesa Brotherhood. So we're going to have to get schooled on some of this, but lucky for you guys, I am one of the world's foremost experts on MK Ultra and Project Monarch and Montauk and all of the other sort of uh, child programs that spawned out of MK Ultra, Bluebird derby hat um there's so many chiclet so uh let's get into this tonight and uh yeah where's uh where's donut and juan at or am i am i running this thing solo tonight yo what up <laughs> i wanted to see how long like how awkward i could Thomas i could take <laughs> over but i would just start reading like my comics and start he just it like goes hole. right in just like oh yeah here it is all right Artichoke. so we're gonna start on page one of time sampler yeah that's that's exactly how it'd go what's up everybody yeah, we're live for the patrons today and this was an episode that yeah check out thomas we did we did an episode i got, I got so much MK Ultra, check out the homunculus owners manual, tjojp.com or paranoidamerican.com. Yeah, look at that. Look at all look at all this merch and product. Are you kidding me? All the There's good so stuff. many. There's like 60 different titles that I got coming out now. Nice, nice. Uh, you want to plug your stuff donut for the people listening? This is going to be out on the public feed probably Yo, next this week is or donut. something. Uh, you can look me up at doe-nut. thomasparanoidamerican.com Everyone knows where to find me, tjojp.com. And I, I got some, I got that merch too, bro, but the limited edition, only a hundred made. And there's only like three. I got the last three. I think, oh, is that bro. that Disney clamshell case too? Dang. VHS box. Yeah, bro. Over. Yeah, man. That's like that, the puffy uh, clamshell case. That's serious. Does Going anyone over. have a VCR anymore? <laughs> well, there thing? was no. Yeah, there was no VHS actually in it, but you open it up and there was a bunch of goodies. Nice. Was there originally going to be a VHS and it just didn't end up that way, or you just wanted a cool clamshell? There was a USB drive full of all of my old videos. The old bait and switch. I like it. Yeah, nice. Yeah, you're going to be doing another one of those soon, right? Like a rap album type of thing? Yeah, I'll make another one eventually. Um, Yes, I, I will. Awesome. I'll, well, I'll do something. We'll keep an eye out for that. Thank you for do- joining me, Donut and Thomas. And I'm excited to get into this because right now it's a hot topic. We're going to be talking about clones and then we're going to throw in the homunculus aspect to it all. Because, and- of course, we are because Juan's here. Be- no, no, Thomas. It's because it relates and it feels like there is this <laughs> this we're reaching the singular the homunculus singularity where everything in the media right now it's kind of homunculus-esque right kind of because eh, the homunculus really is kind of sort of a clone it comes from your seed right so it would be a yeah and they've up. got the new like uh meat protein products coming out which i think is the closest thing to a homunculus we've been but i also feel like all three of us 
you especially Juan, have got homunculus colored glasses on sometimes. Yes, I, I, yeah, I'll admit that I'm, yeah. I'm I'm not constantly looking for it, but I'll if I stumble across it, right? If it looks like a homunculus, quacks like a homunculus, it's probably a homunculus, right? So what do they sound like? Has there ever any ever been a story on like <laughs> here's what they sound like? They quack and they scream and what if they just sound like you, just squeakier? Like, hey, I'm a American. <laughs> You know, subscribe to the YouTube channel, like or whatever it is. Like it's just like a little. That would be pretty dope, actually. That would be dope. So, well, that's the interesting part of our like focus. Our RAS, our reticular activation system, up in the brain. Whatever you're thinking about will show up more because you're more focused on it. Mm. So, if you want to buy a Jeep, you're going to start seeing Jeeps everywhere. So, when you're looking at occult symbols, I see them everywhere because that's what I'm focused on. So there's always two different storylines that are in these cinema films, one for the public, one for the private, just like most occult societies or um, religious societies as well. Uh, Even schools maybe too with their secret societies. But the cloning and the homunculus, they're so identical. So they do go, go hand in hand with each other in the meat this whole cloning of the meat, the FDA approved cloning meat a long time ago. Uh, Bill Clinton proposed a, uh, a, I don't know what they're called, a document so they can ban cloning, but they didn't ban it. They just banned Mm -hmm. the public sector and allowed the private sector to continue it. And George Bush did a speech and he says, I'm going to get rid of this. We're not going to do this anymore. <laughs> but that, but nothing happened. He didn't do anything. Yeah. So they've been cloning meat and they don't have to tell us we've been eating cloned meat for a long time. Yeah. And speaking of movies, right? I'm sure I'm going to try not to spoil any today. I mean, there might be some spoilers. So just a heads up, we're going to be talking about they clone Tyrone and a couple other movies that I got pulled up and you're absolutely right. Donna, when it comes to these movies, and I saw your newest video, which was amazing, by the way, your newest video on the the Avesa Brotherhood, which you're going to be talking about. It's a little bit alchemical. And I'm always, so the actor that is in The Clone Tyrone, I'm, I'm always looking for actors and in what movies that they do. And I saw that you brought up Avatar in that in that video. And the guy that does the Avatar movie, right, the, the Sam Worthington he, I've always said this dude wants to be an alien or wants to be an extraterrestrial because the whole movie was about replacing your consciousness, right? And putting it into this alien ET avatar body, right? Well, in this movie, the Titan, which came after Avatar, right? This was 2018. In the Titan, for those that haven't seen, again, this is a little bit of spoiler, but they're trying to force their bodies to adapt to live on the moon of... I forgot which planet, but point being that he's they're forcing themselves to become this homo titanians, like the superhuman being, which essentially is a sort of E.T. And I'm not sure there's no pictures here, but this dude literally he is known for Avatar for becoming an alien in the movie. And then here's another movie that he stars in where he literally goes this goes into this trial where they become aliens to live on some other E.T planet and i'm just like okay right we have james cameron of course at the at the core of this right one of the directors and producers 
And again, this movie all about these beings. And I went on a podcast recently, the Greyhorn Pagans podcast, and he pointed out that there in in mythology, I forget the name of it. There is like a blue demon, and it it goes back into I don't know how old it is. I'd have to look for it again, but. And he says that they kind of sort of look like the avatars. I'd have to pull it up. But yeah, I just find it interesting because the guy that plays in They Clone Tyrone, this John Boyega guy, right? He starred in, and I, and I channeled my inner donut. If you guys can see this, I have a ton of tabs open. So this is me channeling my inner donut. No presentation today. I'm just doing straight tabs. I'm going to see proud. how it goes. Thanks, dude. Very proud of you. Yes. So we have this Boyega guy, which he starred in The Rise of Skywalker. And I've always said I've, I'm a Star Wars fan. And I've one of my favorite my probably my favorite movie is Attack of the Clones. But also, again, on this kick of that, these actors do like the same ideas over and over again. Right. Almost till I kind of sort of talk to the subconscious in The Rise of Skywalker. It's essentially about right palpatine having created snoke and how he was a you know a puppet ruler and essentially a sort of homunculus right a force sensitive artificial being created by emperor palpatine to reclaim control of the so this entire conspiracy just like blew wide open of how emperor palpatine was a clone this entire time right and I mean, who are the OG clones of not Attack of the Clones and the Clone Army? So George Lucas or George Ophiuchus, as Gabe likes to call him, has been plant. They've been planting these seeds for a very long time. That's how you're saying, don't it? This has been around for quite a while and it's peeking its head back into the mainstream media. And I mean, they clone Tyrone, that movie... I was surprised. Obviously, it has its woke agenda, right? We could we can tell exactly what's going on, but just what they're insinuating in that movie is crazy, right? This idea that there quite literally could be people here for texture, and just that. I mean, and that when you start to talk about the NPC stuff, that really triggers a lot of people. Right, so you have to be careful with how just you... the NPCs. If you get triggered, then you are the NPC. <laughs> that's that's how that works. No, no, dude. I've again because you're dehumanizing. Yeah, that's fine. A whole okay, a whole set of people. But again, I don't have a problem with that. There are people who lack an inner monologue. Now, does is that indicative of that they are an NPC? Well, what did uh, uh what did our homeboy Rene Descartes say? Right, that. That even if you were to meet another person that looked like a person and acted like a person, you can only really tell if they're a mechanical animal or if they're a real person based on if they can ration and if they have logic. So if you were to, and that's kind of what he was describing that the only way to tell the difference between a homunculus that's just driving automatically and a real person in there is by having like a full dialogue and kind of, you know, having a, a deep conversation beyond just, Hey, how's it going? Are you hungry? You know, pick that thing up. Like all of those could almost be trained to be just automatic responses. So like you'd have to know how to talk to Juan to know if you're really Juan. <laughs> and we're talking 1600s, right? This is way before yeah. Cameron and, and Lucas and Spielberg. Mm -hmm. And the whole concept of the movie, they clone Tyrone, which is really great film 
is that they were under some sort of manufactured spell that kept them sleepy, rather that was the music or the food and the town that they lived in. And the towns that we lived in, the gridlocked matrix, puts us in sort of a trance as well. So this is happening on such a large scale. In the film, the guy that was in the underground bunkers, the underground bases, cloning people and doing these experiments says we are everywhere and it takes place in a ghetto but and i mean think about that that's where a lot of this mk ultra experiments stem from too is from uh the ghetto uh in germany and stuff like that and yeah it's a dope what what was the golem created for to to what to protect the Jewish ghettos, too. I mean, that that's also a connection there where they were created, too, right? Allegedly, the story goes, Rudolph II was after the Jews, and they created the golem, right? A, a, again, a sort of, it's an artificially created being to protect the people because a golem will do what you, what you want it to do. It, it's programmed to just do one thing now, and it's the typical Frankenstein's monster where it goes out of control, Right, he forgot to hit the off switch. He forgot to put it to charge after a long day at work, and then it went on some sort of rampage. So again, I found that funny that it was in a ghetto, and then the golem story is also in a ghetto. Right. Also on that ghetto, um, the origins of MK Ultra. One of the first programs was Operation Midnight Climax. And that was basically slipping people that were in the ghetto originally. He was going after like pimps and prostitutes and drug addicts because if they were to go back and complain to the police, like, hey, these guys drugged me, it's like they've already got a rap sheet. They might already be known. So if you do the tests on any sort of class of undesirables, then it means that they don't really have any recourse to complain or have anyone help them out. If you're targeting officials then all of a sudden they might have like a recourse and you could get caught. But the way MKUltra started, it was like first they tested on people that had, you know, no say in it. College students that were first time out of the house, prisoners, and then kind of just like the under, you know, belly of society. And then they started rolling it out to higher and higher. They started going after new recruits. Then they start slipping Mickeys and, you know, tabs to like scientists. And that's kind of what screwed it up for them. That's what let the cat out of the bag i think mm. wow that's and amazing and because also... they, they, they the guy named frank olson and he uh he got loud about it because he found out what they did and mm. you know he ended up falling out of a, a very large uh hotel and splatted on the surface and that's where the church committee started formulating right that so that was a huge catalyst and then after the church committee and uh, I think late into the late 90s or early 2000s, they exhumed his body and found actual evidence that he was bludgeoned with something first before he got pushed out. And I think it all got settled. Uh, there was there was a whole line of settlements, but that all came because of the church um, hearings and the church hearings was because somebody just walked into a room somewhere that hadn't been unlocked in like years and they found seven boxes i think that's the story (laughs) that's that's the story of why we even know that it exists and have documentation i'm sure he just tripped bro he just tripped fell you know what i mean but it's funny because right another person that everyone's been talking about in the media as of lately jamie fox who plays a pimp he plays right and one of the other people is is a i guess she's a prostitute right 
Was it Yo-Yo? Was it her? Yep. And Well, there's a few. There's more than one. Oh, yeah, there's <laughs> a few, but like the main three. And so that's funny that you're, you're bringing this up, this Midnight Climax, and it kind of, it's, it's almost like a hint at that, like a subtle nod at, hey, you know, MK Ultra, in my opinion, because again, these people are going to speak in symbols. They're not going to just come out and say the things that they're trying to portray, especially in the subconscious. But hey, if you know, you know, and I think this is why they made Jamie Foxx a pimp and <laughs> people were talking about how he was. So I want I want cards on the table right now on if you guys think Jamie Foxx is legit a clone. Well, so um, there's something I I want to show before I get into that. Um, okay. Just because I don't want to forget this because uh, the slide before where it was showing Fontaine and Jamie Foxx on the Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. Well, the main character Fontaine. I just just connected this in my head that the original Fontaine was a Knights Templar, I believe. So uh, what? Yeah, so Fontaine, where the Knights Templar symbolism of fountains mm-hmm. come from as well. Uh, I just remember when I was doing some research uh, that I think it was Tesselin Le Roux, who is Tesselin de Fontaine. So this goes into some uh, Knights Templar area, and Whoa. even Jamie Foxx's name, how it's spelled, F-O-X-X, mm-hmm. is the Cross of Lorraine, the oh, Knights Templar, right. the double cross. You've been double crossed, Jamie Foxx, because that's not his real name. Um, so there's this uh, secret society element of symbolism here, and they look. it looks like a totally different person. If you remember the terrible event in Las Vegas, the main star, his name was Mr. Campos. He was the security guard. And he looks just like that, where the first picture, it was like in reverse. The first picture he did, he was the skinny guy. In the next picture, he was overweight. He had different bone structure, it looked like. And Ellen DeGeneres interviewed him and said, here's a check, and we're not going to talk about the story anymore. And then the told the thought that whole story just disappeared from society. It was the right earlobes, after. right? Show me your earlobes, Thomas. Now, I don't have any. <laughs> All I have are headphones. Have you yeah. actually seen me without headphones? I on? haven't, dude. You went, actually when we went to go eat lunch, you also had headphones on the, both right. times. So, I don't where know, does the dude. cable go to? That's always connected to something. <laughs> so, could it possibly be that he's actually sick? I mean. Because that could be right, Occam's razor. He's... I think he's sick. I think that, that that explains so much of it, but also the biggest part of this, and when you put these side-by-side clone images together, it, they're painful to look at sometimes. But the one on the left is obviously done with more of a telescopic yes. lens, right? Mm-hmm. And the one on the right is a selfie, so it's a wide-angle lens. It's much closer. That explains some of the difference in proportions is sort of the perspective. But I also don't want to just be accused of like, oh, he's sticking up for the clones. He's one of the clone <laughs> army. You know what I mean? So, I mean, obviously the two pictures Illuminati look dramatically confirmed. different. But there's so many explanations on why. And and again, to my homie Descartes, where he was like, I don't even trust my own eyes. Yeah. And I feel like anyone that looks at something are like, oh, my eyes saw it. That's enough proof. Like your eyes are one of the lowest resolution input devices in your entire body. So yeah. if you base your beliefs on what your eyes are telling you, 
then you're only understanding like a tiny fraction of the illusion. You're in for big trouble. And and that's the thing, right? Do I think Jamie Foxx is a clone? No. Do I believe that other celebrities could perhaps be clones? Absolutely. Especially mm. now, where I had an astrologer tell me one time where it was like Saturn is returning and Saturn is right who the, the one who holds reality together and people are going to start questioning their what they're what they're seeing and quite literally in the community when you have AI images and all these different things you're quite literally questioning your reality similar to how in the movie right you had the guy when he would wake up questioning if he was actually the right the the clone before or not and and questioning his reality and then you have the the gatekeeper of the the old guy outside of the gas station like he would always drop hints like he was like the her right the hermit or the the what do they call yeah, he was the, like it's in the water young blood <laughs> he's like you got a new car smell i think it was like that towards the end i'm like damn yeah. so these people who are outcasted in society as well sometimes we can we were we disregard them because of the positions that they hold in society but sometimes i think those are the people who hold the most wisdom and they're just not entangled in this the system that we're in right like almost like a like a like a sage role he was kind of like he was just the clone too because uh i mean spoiler alert towards the end of the movie <laughs> close your ears uh, but when they show a whole nother city, I think they show like the West Coast. There's like a GTA uh, San Andreas yeah. version, right? And it's the same old guy, but now he's got like dreads or something. And mm -hmm. um, and Fontaine, it's the same Fontaine, but he's also got like that West Coast vibe to him now. But yeah. he's replaying the exact same scenario that he was in the previous city. And the beginning of this film, it starts off with audio. So you don't see the screen, it, it, but it's people talking. And they're bringing up Michael Jackson and Tupac. Now, right. Tupac, that story is back on the radar as they're reopening the investigation. Yeah. As he was, um, well, that's a whole other documentary there on, on the whole Tupac. But a lot of people said he was cloned. And Jamie Foxx being cloned at the time who cloned Tyrone came out is great marketing as well. Like rolling with that for mm. a marketing campaign for it. But why are they telling us like the truth in plain sight? Because there is only a few. Uh, there's only a few search algorithms that people search when they're looking at naughty things on the internet. Ooh. I would say there's about only seven. What kind of naughty are we talking about, Donut? We're talking about how to jailbreak a fire pro stick. Yeah, pre <laughs> procreation of. Uh, procreation videos on tape yeah that there's only about seven topics that people will search mm -hmm. worldwide and even in this field of uh symbolism and weird strange things going on there's only about like seven main topics that people talk about too that hollywood always be pushing in films so portal symbolism is crazy how much that is there mind control cloning um it all seems to be the same topics always push so there must be some truth in it when they've got a major monopoly too because we were talking about james cameron right and james cameron is at the source of skynet right so there's the terminator franchise series ai skynet taking over 
the Titanic, which is constantly going to be, I guess, in American pop culture for the foreseeable future because of his movie and then the Titan thing and like him being the last one to see it. Um, and then the Avatar, which is sort of a combination of some of that like weird technology sending people out into unknown depths and unknown worlds, but then combining it with this homunculus meat suit terminator but now i can project my consciousness into it like avatar is sort of the combination of both of those and it's also interesting to me on a on a slight tangent that cameron talks constantly about how he wishes he could go back and like take the guns out of terminator which sounds insane to me because then it's like what do you have left if you've got terminator without all these guns but it just shows how he understands now how much control oh. he had over popular culture back then. Mm-hmm. And if, if you just imagine the next generation, imagine Cameron's like, hey, the young blood, you know, to like the new <laughs> director coming on. And it's like, here's how you can shape culture for the next Whoa. 20 or 30 years. And I mean, I, I think that uh, Spielberg and Lucas and Cameron and a whole bunch of other ones, they might not have realized at the time how influential they really were because it was still kind of transforming from that golden age of Hollywood into like this new thing. And now like they understand how much power they wield. And I, it scares me a little bit that, you know, we got this far maybe by a little bit of coincidence, a little bit of chance, a little bit of planning. But now if you just raise someone from the start, like before they even make their first movie and they're like, we're going to make you a, an all-star director and you're going to decide what people think of predictive programming for the mm-hmm. for the like the whole future. Yeah, yeah. that that's MK Ultra right there. And also, I want to point out that part part of the plot in this movie was him find stumbling across this cloning facility as well on this other planet. So it kind of ref- and this was 2002, right? So it's kind of reflecting that whole idea of the you know this unlikely trio that stumbles across this cloning facility underground except in star wars right including themselves instead in star wars it's on another planet so and again remember that this the main guy is also part of the of the star wars franchise too he plays i think his name is he's finn right is he finn in yeah finn in star wars so he's part of that whole thing which also has homunculus so yeah, dude, that's crazy because what you're saying right now, it's they quite literally, <laughs> how different would the movie have been if they would have taken out the guns in that and people wouldn't have perceived it that the way they did. And that's part of this whole narrative and how easily that reality and society culture is shaped. It's very malleable, right? It's, it's it can It can only take so much before things start to go haywire. And I think that media is at the forefront of that. So when they go crazy with, with like with movies like this, I start to question, right? And and if you look at the wording of all these different characters, so you have Django Fett, right? Created by George Lucas. Okay. And then Django Fett is 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 the father of Boba Fett, which is a version of him, except he is unaltered, unmodified, right? And he is the one that all the other clones are modeled after. And these clones are, they are meant to artificially produce soldiers, create at special cloning facilities, and they are genetically engineered to age twice at the rate of normal humans in order to be ready for the deployment. And right, they have really bad aim, but I mean, and then they have this, this inhibitor chip and, and, and 
the third movie is Attack of the Sith or whatever it is. Right, Order 66. Or I think that might have been episode two. I'm not sure. Anyways, there's a lot of them where they have this back door where they turn on the Jedi and they right then they're taken over by the Sith and all that stuff. But again, I mean, what are they trying to tell us with this sort of stuff? And I, bro, I grew up with this. Like I, I grew up on these movies and how you're saying these people know the influence that they have. That's why I call them the sorcerers of the subconscious because they're constantly working at that subconscious. Even if they're telling these stories decades apart, you can sort of see their resemblance. Now, again, if you're looking, because I mean, how many people are actually trying to connect the dots? It's not a popular thing to do nowadays, right? Well, with uh, Jamie Foxx being like all sick, right? In the church committee, they were showing this. Uh, I, there's certain words that I don't want to say, but they yeah. were showing this. Uh, what would one of these? What, what should I even call that? They're showing a uh, well, uh, uh, squirter, a squirt gun, a super they were, soaker. They're showing the super soaker at the church committee that can give you a heart attack. Now, Jim Keefe, mm-hmm. he talked about MK Ultra in this book, and this guy in Mind Control, he talked about the the heart attack super soaker and i mean this is a great book but this guy died of a heart attack right after he dropped this book uh but like what if they have weaponry where they can instead of a heart attack something else happens you know because you got bieber you got all these different people yeah (laughs) or orgasm like an orgasmo well, wasn't that uh, the whole real, Wilhelm? That's a real one. Orgasm yeah, gun, yeah. So, so they had a yeah. That that was a joke, but that was also real and part of MK Ultra. The Cloudbuster. One of, one of the popular ones was um, Jose Delgado. Doctor Jose Delgado devised what they called a stimosiever, and this was it was very crude. It sounds like it's this big technological thing. They basically just put a rod inside of a bull's head, so it touched his brain, and then charged it so that they could like basically electrocute him from like remote control so they went out into a little bullpen and had the guy with you know the matador with the flag and as the bull would rush they would hit the button which would kind of like shock him in the head and he would stop and they were like see we can control animals and that was it made it sound like they knew how to drive it like forward and backward that wasn't it it was just kind of like giving it a shock but another variation of that test was called the electric carrot and this the the reason they called it a carrot was like the stimulusiever was the stick as in like, you know, like negative reinforcement. So then the electronic carrot was the nice version and they would put the electronic carrot like by the the bull's prostate and then buzz it. So now when they want them to do something good, they'd give them a little orgasmo shock and <laughs> test out the positive reinforcement. They found out negative reinforcement works way more. Well, also, there's this frequency, a sound vibration that uh, concert that it'll ring at a certain tone and it can give women orgasms through some sort of vibration and in this movie who cloned tyrone it goes into that music how the music Mm -hmm. vibration puts people to sleep they get sleepy when the music's playing but they do this even now uh, with our emotions as we go into grocery stores if you listen to the music at the grocery stores it's always about love and family because like you want to provide you're at the grocery store to get stuff to provide for your family so it's hitting you in all these different emotions so you would 
buy more products. Well, and I think that they don't even have to give people orgasms because if you think about the idea of the the dopamine response that we get already from social media and all these different things of likes, how many... Jonah, how many views did your video get? It got 3,000. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're already, you already getting that same response, except you're a little bit more coherent versus if they were to actually give you one of these and you're just like, you'll be kind of like out for for a little bit right after the fact. So, and look at my camera bugging out. It went out. out for a second. <laughs> Overheating. Yeah, no, but that goes into neuro, yeah, that's neuro governance too. So, that goes into mind control. Mm-hmm. So, as Twitter and the social networks can make us feel certain emotions by in having us engage with only people we hate on Facebook, mm-hmm. they'll show why we get so mad on social media is because the algorithm knows what we don't like by how long we hover against something, by what we type and delete and whatnot. So Facebook, social media platforms, they're showing us stuff we don't like so we'll get mad and this is all like documented so that is mind control because they're manipulating your mind through uh like emotions and stuff like that so i'm gonna so speaking of facebook i'm gonna jump around here in my my presentation a little bit but the idea of where is our information going okay because we're talking about cloning we're talking about homunculus well they need information they, they need the material substrate. They need everything to create the homunculus. Well, I think what I think is happening is, right, we've always had all these lawsuits, essentially, right? These companies who are probably themselves suing themselves, paying themselves a crazy amount of money for what? For deceiving, right? Claims about consumers' ability to control their privacy on personal data. They're selling the data. They don't know where it's going or to who it's going to, right? So... What I think is happening is that all these things of the the synthetic environment for analysis and simulation, right? Purdue University's C's, right? We have the whole thing with the with the Titan ritual, the Titanic ritual, current C. They just passed, I think, the Fed now dollar. So you have the whole money aspect to it all. And the C's enables researchers and organizations to try out their models or techniques in a publicly known, realistically detailed environment. Now, it is, not, it is now capable of running real-time simulations for up to 62 nations, including Iraq, Afghanistan, and China. The simulations gobble up breaking news, census data, economic indicators, and clim- climatic events in the real world. And so they're essentially what they're doing is it's a continuously running, continually updated mirror model of the real world that can be used to predict and evaluate future events and courses of action. Now, this was from 2006, okay? So think about what they're doing now. So let's say that they are taking your data, okay? Similarly, how in the clone Tyrone, they had all the entire town was was clones, essentially is what it was, right? And they kept certain people. Some of the people were real, right? Like some of the pigeons are real. Some of the, not all of them work for the CIA, only a select few, right? And they'll mix them in, with the fake pigeons, so that way when somebody <laughs> captures a pigeon, they go, no, no, see, they're real. I just ate one. No, no, you ate one of the real ones. But the synthetic ones, they're up on the telephone poles charging up, okay? And there's more synthetic than real when it comes to pigeons. And there's more synthetic than real. So if you've seen a real one, 
you know, you're lucky you're part part of the one percent that I've heard that you probably seen. haven't though. You probably haven't seen yeah, a haven't. real one. No. You gotta you gotta catch a baby pigeon and then you've gotta, you know, take it apart to make sure that it's not a robot yeah, and in there. Sacrifice it to Moloch. Anyway, so the model here, so they're using these models, right, continuously running. So what if they're taking your information, plugging it in, right? To help Fortune 500 companies. <laughs> what if? <laughs> what if? <laughs> what if? I mean, just let's think outside the box here for one second. To help for hey, they're only helping Fortune 500 companies with strategic plan. And again, this is what they have on Wicked Idea, Wikipedia, right? This is what they're showing us. And also, I came across. <laughs> it's funny how history repeats itself because I came across this this research paper from 2001 while researching this about how and it was referring to clones and celebrities and it was talking about how these clones again in 2001 2002 the cgi that they had at that point how those cgis and clones needed rights well what's going on right now that they're talking about certain types of rights well the ai movement right where these celebrities uh, you had was it lebron go viral wearing like some pink suit or whatever i think this week with an ai image and how they're talking about how are the you know what are they going to do with that Drake? There's entire albums that are coming out with the voices of real artists, but it's not them. So who's what's the copyright? Does the cop does the homunculus? That one's my favorite. So so the voice <laughs> one's my favorite one because if anyone makes the argument that an AI generated voice sounds too much like Drake, and now Drake can you know like go after them or whatever. That is just going to immediately decimate the whole voice actor category. Like anyone that does voice impersonations, are you not allowed to go out in public and talk in a voice that sounds like Drake? <laughs> I also, I don't know how many hip hop heads are on here, but for the longest time, there were people that when they heard a rapper named Master Ace, they were like, oh, this guy's copying Eminem. Not realizing that Master Ace's voice just sounds like that, and he came way before Eminem or the flow. came out, or the flow, the Eminem, so and so flow, the voice, the like the everything. And even though Eminem came out after Master Ace, because they sound so similar, and Master Ace wasn't known as much, people would hear like an old school Master Ace track and be like, "This guy's ripping off Eminem." But I'm just saying, there's so many examples where two people might sound the same, even if they're not trying to. So what happens in those situations? Because if they make it legal for AI to do it then it's going to be weird if like a human being's allowed to do it, but a computer isn't because mm -hmm. the line between those two things is all but evaporated at this point. Yeah. And so again, that idea in this 2002 or 2001 research paper, they were talking about the rights that these clones have, right? And like, what, what are they going to be doing to protect their rights? How, how we protect real people, real people's rights. So, Similar to what Donna was saying, this goes back way before, obviously, we were talking about. And again, it goes back to the homunculus argument. Did God die for that homunculus's sins? Right? Is he allowed to live? Is he going to have a social security number? Is he going to pay taxes? You know what I mean? Like, is he allowed to 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 join the army? Or I don't, I don't know, something, any anything. Like, who's fighting for, you know what? Who's fighting for the homunculus's sins? Because all homunculus lives matter okay on this is there gonna podcast. be a homunculus jesus like a like a real one <laughs> not well, what do you mean what do you, what do you mean by well, because there there's claims that jesus himself was a homunculus yeah. and there he was the vessel we've yeah. gone over that it's in the uh shout out homunculus owner's manual if you Artificial want to know more prophets yeah but what if there's you know the human jesus 
and then someone makes like a whole clan of homunculi and then one of those homunculi dies for the sins of like his brothers so oh, it's like a little mic you know turtles all the way down yeah. scenario that's a that's a good one bro maybe we'll have a society of homunculi somewhere dude on some <laughs> island right. you brought up um what did you bring up you were bringing i want to tie it into blockchain because you were bringing up the titanic yeah and the connection to the sea and this seas this is called seas mm -hmm. making a simulacrum mm -hmm. it goes into fortune telling right with the orb the eight, mm -hmm. the eight ball and that's what twitter is doing is that they can predict civil unrest they can predict before what we what we do uh there's patents that amazon will order stuff before you even know that you're going to order it what? <laughs> what? yeah so they'll just mail it to you before they know because they have all the data, the gold mine data. That's what the VR goggles that everyone's going to wear uh, is going to be. Thomas, hitting. we shipped you this uh, jumbo dildo to your house. We knew you were going <laughs> to buy it. So we went yeah. ahead and uh, we shipped it to I've you. Actually, I got that on a six month subscription. <laughs> I know how long they last. Yeah. <laughs> so in the show who cloned Tyrone, they bring up blockchain and it's the girl who isn't a clone. And she's like, blockchain's going to change everything. Mm. Well, we have this fed now being released and on the two Oh one day, July 20th, the space day, this is an occult day as well. Uh, with fed now the CBDCs. And then we have this orb that you scan your iris on, called WorldCoin, created by the AI guys, the chat GPT guys, Elon and uh, Sam Altman. And that all goes into data mining companies like Palantir, Peter Thiel's, Gotham. Uh, this simulation, the simulacrum that with the C's thing is so interesting. I got to do a deep dive on it. But the whole idea of blockchain is super occult and x.com being released x.com was for like internet money at first mm -hmm. which is bitcoin and bitcoin has the secret code with the 666 and bible verse in it it was released on so when wait what Halloween. it had a bible verse where on the chain in the code yeah on the chain there's a 666 bible verse too on the chain it was released on halloween and the white paper and so there's so much occult elements but for her to bring up blockchain mm -hmm. is just interesting there um with with everything that we're talking about with the titanic and yeah. that federal reserve connection it was wild to me too that in the movie who cloned tyrone she mentioned blockchain but that was the only scene in the entire movie that looked like it took place outside of like the 1970s, 80s, 90s. Like yeah. not a single thing that happened in this movie looked like it had anything from the 2000s in it. It looked super retro. Wallpaper, uh, the hairstyles, the cars. There was one scene and I almost feel like it was just a detail that got lost in like a far back parking lot. I saw like maybe a like a 2002 like minivan drive by but i don't think it was meant to be in that shot because everything looked retro mm -hmm. yeah and but interesting. it's interesting because she's the only one bringing it up saying this will save me because she's stuck in this ghetto and this society that's artificial mm -hmm. like the seas uh and she's the only one bringing up blockchain to leave like that's gonna let her escape and all the clones don't care about it 
So I just think that's an interesting element. There's something in there, most likely. So I found the the ending, right? How it talked about how we're all connected, right? All the races are connected and how they want to gradually do the transformation, right? So you notice that the one clone in the office at the end had different hair, right? And he's talking about the hair is stubborn. Right? They're talking about the hair and how they want to gradually. I know you don't have any hair, Thomas, but just stick with me for a second. Uh, oh, and and mm-hmm. how they wanted to to change the appearance of these people gradually. And he tells him, he goes, you know, you think this is going to happen overnight? He's like, no, 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 it's going to take a very long. It's going to be very gradual, right? And one of the things that made me think of was alchemy because the transmutation of right of of the magnum opus takes a very long time it's supposed to take a long time it's a gradual transformation versus a quick transformation now not if you've got the homunculus owner's manual from paranoidamerican.com which will fast track you on your alchemy plans that's right and 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 when you buy it and you do it correctly Thomas will appear out of the aether and stick <laughs> and his, mow your lawn <laughs> and, and go mow your lawn. So that's how that'll be the the sign that you're on the right track. When you hear a, a mower outside, you open up your window and you see Thomas mowing your lawn. He's going to look at you. He's going to give you a thumbs up and he's going to disappear out of existence. And I'm not allowed to complain because I don't have a soul. So, yeah, I mean, so check that out. ParanoidAmerican.com or TJ ojp.com also sign up for the kickstarter too if you're listening to this the kickstarter for issue number two of the chosen juan link in the description so i want to point out that here we have the homunculus was the crowning pinnacle of human art this claim itself a rhetorical extension of the old alchemical defense of artificial products is the equal superior to their natural exemplars so the homunculus to Paracelsus was the grand, it was the, the pinnacle. It was something to, to be sought. They, they sought that. They wanted to become a god, essentially. And d- let's not forget that, right, a month ago, we had the synthetic human embryos created in, a, in an advance, groundbreaking advance. And it was funny because the guy that is behind that. Researchers in the U.S. and the U.K. being here with us. So. Magnus, right? Let's find his name. David Magnus. And let's not forget that Magnus has a story. There's a story revolving Magnus of having created, right, Albertus Magnus, using natural magic and astrology, created a homunculus which could talk and function as his servant, right? But it's jabbering so disturbed Thomas Aquinas in his studies that Aquinas smashed it to pieces. So, again, there's... <laughs> What, are the, what a coincidence, I'm sure, right? They're talking about kind of sort of creating artificial people. Homunculus is an artificial creation. Dude's last name is the same as, right, one of the granddaddies of the homunculus. But to add to the C's argument of this synthetic world that they're living in, right, the simulacra, well, think about it. If they're feeding it information that is yours, and they're connecting it to you in every single way. That's a form of sympathetic magic. To where, right, you have the law of contagion, anything that, right, the law of similarity. The magician infers that he can produce any effect he desires by imitating it. And the second he infers that whatever he does to a material object will affect equally the person with whom the object was once in contact. 
whether it formed part of his body or not. So we're talking about information and some people like to overshare things <laughs> on the internet and they give a lot more than right. Sometimes you read some, I don't really go on Facebook anymore, but sometimes you read some stuff on social media. It's just like, why would you share that with people? So think about that. They have your information. Who are they selling it to? Oh, we don't know. We'll pay your $5 billion. It doesn't matter to us. Meanwhile, they're creating your little virtual homunculus in the metaverse somewhere that's <laughs> connected to you. Okay. So whatever happens in that, that, that virtual world, whatever it is, happens to you because let's face it, right? In the matrix, Neo, he's a homunculus, <laughs> artificially grown in a pod. And what happens when they're in the matrix and they're getting beat up in the matrix? Well, it's affecting them in real life. I, I got to ask, well, I got to ask you guys, one or donut, but let's say that you find out that there was like this big virtual world, right? There was like a metaverse or a second life or something. And you were like the whipping boy, like you join and it's like, if you need to blow off steam, go to this virtual <laughs> tavern and you go in and it's just like Juan strapped up and people are like virtually shooting him and like whipping him. And everyone just knows that Juan is like the whipping boy of this entire virtual world. Before you knew that it had no impact on you whatsoever. Right. Mm -hmm. But now that you know that, like, do you care? Is this like now an issue that you have to go and like figure out? And they're just like, sorry, we just scraped all of your pictures and your personality off social media. And it was out there for the public. And here you are. It's it's weird. Like, do you would you just inherently own all the rights to your likeness in a virtual world if it was amalgamated by mm. AI through like you couldn't trace like a specific picture that it stole from you, right? And you couldn't trace back a specific post that you made, but it just knew who you were from analyzing you so much. Mm -hmm. And it analyzes us just like the way we move with Google Maps, like how many steps we take. Like it's on such a another level um but i don't i yeah that's a good question would you go really into the ai it. world to break your little virtual homunculus out then what happens when you break him out like do you take care of him do you set him off on his way well now we're talking black mirror right that was uh what was it like a heart <laughs> that was Stephanie the first episode or... i haven't I seen it the, don't spoil it for me it. i haven't seen that it. was like the first episode yeah that's we that's basically what it gets into though like what would happen yeah. Well, again, look at this. Celebrities use AI to take control of their own images, right? Using AI duplicates, brands also benefit using stars mm -hmm. in a way they never could before. So why? Well, you got this big strike happening now in Hollywood. Well, what strike it's is so that? hard? To, it's so hard to like feel aligned with a Hollywood strike. I almost feel like just stay on strike <laughs> forever. Well, it, yeah, it makes no, like, people are striking, I guess, because all their jobs are going to be taken by AI, but well, that's that's kind of like, they're like, oh, you can't use AI for this because it's taking our job, but it's like, yo, that's like me going on strike because they're coming out with HD video cameras. <laughs> like, oh, like, we're going on strike because no one's going to buy film anymore. Yeah. Well, that's also like, been... That, that's like what the media has really latched its teeth onto lately has been the AI portion of that. But from my understanding, the strike was going to happen way before anyone understood how far along AI was. And it was about streaming royalties where there is there's some examples of people that have been in like Academy Award winning 
uh, shows and like you know won Oscars on it, but then they make like six dollars from their streaming rights because <laughs> streaming rights were never negotiated in the contracts before all the streaming started coming together. Mm-hmm. So that was like a, a huge component of it. And then just like throwing salt on a wound, right? It was just like the perfect storm. You, your house just burned down, and now there's like a hurricane, and then there's like a flood. It's like this whole thing. AI came onto the scene, and I think the AI portion got tacked on by the people that were already going to be striking. And I I mean, I feel like in a conspiratorial way, maybe they did that as an afterthought intentionally so that the arguments that they made, they didn't hold up in court. They basically were saying, you know, things were getting stolen directly, but they didn't understand how the technology worked. And the, the judge basically said, yeah, no. You know what I mean? He was like, uh, we're going to just dismiss that entire aspect of this lawsuit, the whole AI portion. And the studio execs basically said the same thing. They were like, you know what? You guys are right. We're going to put out a new sort of standard and it's going to explain where the studio's position on AI is. And they basically were like, yeah, we're going to use it. <laughs> that was like the whole statement. Well, I got a question because I know you're going on the Tinfoil Hat podcast tonight, it, right? It, it just got rescheduled as we were talking. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So is Mini-Me from Austin Powers, he's a clone, but is he considered a homunculi? <laughs> uh, it depends on if he's got a soul. That's that's really the differentiator, I think. Dude, what, the, an Austin Powers, the gold member, you know, I figured out what that meant. Like Little Vern, right? Like, yeah, that, that very recently, probably like a year ago, when I think it was on a podcast, they're like, yeah, like the gold member. I'm like, yeah, what does it, it was, mean? The gold member. Your golden member. Your gold your, member, bro. Your obelisk. Your gold member, right? So the golden. Because they still is mojo. Yeah, his schlong. <laughs> and then they have, well, they the, it's the life force energy that they still in the plasma like looking thing. Yeah, bro. So the, the thrill oxide. Yeah. So again, they've been putting this in our subconscious for a very long time, and now is mini me a homunculus? <sighs> That's a, that's a good question. So let's get into the let's get into the homunc- the more of the homunculus aspect of it because right I talked about this this Magnus guy he he kind of sort of looks like a homunculus. We have this was from two years ago. Human cells grown in monkey embryos re- reignite ethics debate. So we have what's the worst that could happen? Right. We have wasn't that the premise of Planet of the Apes <laughs> where they like mix the genome or something or other, right? And then that was under the, the uh, under the Planet of the Apes, I think, when it started getting off the, the wheels. Interesting. So, before we get into the homunculus, I want to talk a little bit about this. I, I stumbled across this. Now, I'm not going to get into the other controversial area of it. You could use your imagination, but something called an immortalized cell line. Okay, it's a population of cells from a multicellular organism, and then this is where it gets weird which would normally not proliferate indefinitely, but due to mutation have evaded normal cellular sensing, senescine, I think that's how you say that, and instead can keep undergoing division. But okay, that, that's fine, right? Let's say it's, it's a mutation. We know that's what, that's what causes cancers, right? Cells that keep reproducing over and over and over again, and they, right, boom. But check this out right here. The mutation required for immortality can occur naturally or be intentionally induced for experimental purposes. 
Okay. Hey, how do you got the highlights like that? See how you got like two different. Hey, is dude. This a... You know, once you get to a certain level, Thomas, <laughs> it just starts highlighting automatically. Yeah, yeah. So like, I'll look at the information, and boom, dude, it just highlight like okay. it pops out. I mean, again, dude, you wouldn't understand. You gotta get. I think you need like a minimum of like ten thousand subscribers. I mean, that's just what I, I'm just kidding, bro. So it's called. It's called. It's a. It's a. It's an app. It's called. Okay, so it's built in. Where is it? Oh goodness! So you highlight it, and it's called Super Simple Highlighter, and you—it's mm. a Chrome plugin. You download it, and then you can start highlighting. And I like this because it's quicker, right? So I—I I channeled my inner donut. I got a whole bunch of tabs, and I just highlight the information versus going into Canva and just building. Wait until you start doing tab groups. That's when you're going to evolve to the the next level of one. <laughs> Donna, you're you're muted, bro. I can't figure out how to do tab groups. I've been trying. Well, what is that? I'll break it down for you, bro. I, I swear to you, it's gonna it's gonna launch you into like a whole never. It, you're gonna be beyond level nine thousand or whatever it is. Because I, I could do, do it on longer, my phone. I could do longer shows. It's like that's like how long my show I'm is. I'm telling you, bro. It'll change your world. We'll 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 get together and do one soon. All right, cool. So I'm not gonna nice. get into this. I'm not gonna get into this. I'm not gonna get into this. Let me remove my screen. So we're, I'm not going to get into certain things because it's, it's a little bit controversial. But let's get into the idea of, right, we have Crowley and his book, his version of a homunculus. Now, the homunculus goes and takes on, and this is part in the movie of the clone Tyrone where they, were, they would have these vessels, and then they would inhibit and they would in, inhabit or, or force into that. They would implant memories and entire lives for that vessel. Boom. So they would launch that clone back into the world after they had done right. The, the flashing lights. If you think of movies, if you think of media, if you think of cinema, anything, it's essentially that they flash sigils in front of your face. They program you with that. So, again, I think that was a nod at that sort of thing. Right. And we know we've seen the movie. Was it? Uh, clockwork orange where they hold their eyes open or is it is it clockwork no, that's, that's clockwork orange where they're reprogramming him to get sick at the thought of violence Oof. you know i haven't seen that movie yet bro whole, you're you've been missing out i mean I've, I've read the book a few times i've seen the movie a few times i mean it's it's something that you have to watch to even consider yourself oh really uh, like a commenter yeah so you're basically a non-person uh, right now okay. you are a homunculus i am now. a homunculus all righty I, so. I wanted a, i wanted a note here too though in in crowley's recipe of implanting memories that's another huge part of mk ultra mm -hmm. and the satanic panic that followed right after that was the whole false memory syndrome and like the forgotten memories and the the book started i think it was called michelle remembers it's all about being able to call new memories but on this clone topic, I this is like, I mean, to me, this is a fascinating uh, point of it. Maybe it's not to everybody, but everyone always comes at clones like, what if I'm cloned? You know, like, what, like Juan, like the amount that you might care about cloning is how much you actually think that if you cloned yourself, how much of that clone would be another Juan? And if it's not you, then it's not really as important. But now think about it. If I don't care about if I don't care about Juan's experience, I want Juan to be cloned because I need another Juan around, and I just need to like bounce ideas off Juan. And I don't I don't really care at all if like you've got a soul or not, as long as you have the typical Juan responses. So in that regard, maybe it doesn't matter if you actually get to transfer your real soul from body to body, because if you can create a clone 
and then falsely implant memories, if I can just make an index of every memory that you've ever had and then program somebody else to have those memories, then they might theoretically make the same kind of decisions and have the same sort of behavior that you have. And to me, I don't care if you've got the soul or not because you just fill the role of being the one in a certain situation, right? So if you clone a actor, the actor might care if their soul or their clone is like the real them all over again, but to everybody else in the world, no one would care. So I think that the debate about cloning tends to take this weird personal perspective, but it's not about that. It's about the opposite of that. I just want my clone of Thomas to have a bald ass head like yours, bro. As long as it's got the bald ass head, I'm good. Right. Cause it takes a lot of maintenance. You don't, Thomas, you don't understand. Here's the thing, dude, in order for you to understand the secrets of this reality, you need to love your homunculus first, okay? Before you can love yourself. So you need to be able to caress your little homunculus. Well, the homunculus is made out of self-love from everything I understand. <laughs> it's a little part of you. But yeah, dude, that, go ahead, Donna. With the remembering, uh, the Taylor Swift concert, people are forgetting what's happening through this amnesia, which is in side effect to Project Chatter, I believe, going into MK Ultra mind control programs and some say she is a clone as she looks very similar to Zena LaVey that built yeah. the Church of Satan <laughs> and um, this memory that you're talking about I want to look into this book you're talking about Michelle remembers I guess looking at it, it's about the satanic ritual abuse and how they forget their memories I'm not sure how it's a questionable is- book. I'm not saying that that should be like the reference guy, but that is the defining book from what I understand that sort of sparked the satanic panic movement as a whole. Because after Michelle Remembers came out, then all of a sudden TV shows and talk shows and documentaries and news reports, and then all of a sudden it was Stranger Danger. It really sort of started from Michelle Remembers, but it's not like that particular story was unique. There was a lot very similar to it. But it does go into something that the memory palaces one talks about. And even the word remember, just looking at it, like you're a member of a club, right? You're a remember, like the Akashic Records that were just uh, remembering everything. And I've heard reports that even missing children, when they come back to their parents, that they're not the same, like Mm -hmm. as if they're being cloned. And that's what the movie Us is about by Jordan Peele where they go down into the cloning facility type station and the girl switches parts and she's a different person. She doesn't know how to speak because she's never been on like earth in society. So there's some weird stuff there with all that. Uh, But how is Aleister Crowley in remembering part of it? Because the title of this presentation Mind control, the homunculus moon children, uh, moon children, the moon child. That's like part of Aleister Crowley's mm-hmm. stuff. So how is remembering part of sat- Satanism, Michelle's book and all that? So I have here the formula of Crowley how, and how to create a homunculus. Now he's got the, the idea of a homunculus has changed drastically from the beginning of time up until when Crowley got a hold of it, which is the early 1900s. So a homunculus, a living being in form resembling man, possessing those qualities of man which distinguish him from beasts. 
namely intellect and power of speech, but neither begun and born after the manner of human generation, nor in inhabited by a human soul. So this is the important part here. Okay, not, inhab not inhabited by a human soul. So when that, that beast, the way that he describes a beast, namely intellect and power of speech, that also reminds me of the Descartes mechanical animal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, which that's the Cartesian well, homunculus. So Descartes mechanical animal sounds a lot like Marilyn Man Manson's uh, mechanical animal album where he was uh, androgynous on the cover and this came out like in the 90s really uh, way way before all this that we hear about today so what what is what is that just a mechanical animals basically i mean to, to make it very simple he would torture dogs in public and people would gasp and be like what are you doing to that poor dog and it's like listen listen guys i know that it's like making all of these motions it looked like it's in pain and it's yelping and it's screaming and it's trying to get away from me but it has no soul therefore it's just a machine like it happens to have muscle tissue and bones and fur but it's not a real living thing that can feel or have fear or have any sorts of feelings whatsoever it's a mechanical animal and that's what that entire premise kind of means it's a very cold way of looking at the world it basically puts everything into a you either have a soul or you don't have a soul and just because you look like a person doesn't automatically mean that you fall into the soul category but if you don't look like a person at least to Descartes then you're definitely don't have a soul so any kind of animal, any sort of non-human is a mechanical animal. And certain people in history have viewed other people such as that. I mean, that they, they, they are soulless, that they are just animals and they've treated them accordingly, right? There are certain things that happen in history that we know about, right? And I mean, even till today, some people treat other people like animals. I mean, that's not, that's not anything new. So this idea, he goes on to talk about how Right, a fetus of two months might become a homunculus. Right, so the, the foetus, the, the foetus, the foetus, <laughs> the reincarnating ego enters the foetus at the third month of gestation. So he thought that the soul would enter at the third month. So if you caught it at the second month, you could put a soul in it, or an angel, or an entity. Right, so a human being can only become a homunculus if obsessed by a demon to such an extent that the human soul is irrevocably expelled to the same degree as in death and freed utterly so that it seeks a new tenement and is cut off absolutely from absolutely from the old but even this rare as it must be except in lunacy involves an extension of the natural meaning of the term homunculus so again this is his own version of the homunculus which right parsons would later go on to try and create his own homunculus and that homunculus would go on to try and make more homunculus which would write the moon children so we'll get to that and that's tied into the ufo movement as of today okay so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna bring this full circle right we're gonna touch on illuminati worms and everything all on the same time so if not a true homunculus at least serves the purposes they're pertinent so again if it's not a true homunculus as long as it served as a simulacra of an actual homunculus hey if it's good to go we'll use it so he he goes and he walks you through all the steps on how to create it right your incarnation method of evocation so there's certain things you have to do and he talks here about how in the last case the, the foetus has been obsessed by some dumb non-human spirit so they say they go hey listen sometimes you're able to invoke an entity into the fetus right that's empty of a soul 
And sometimes it just might be a regular person, right? So the magician might find a means to bar the gate against any human ego. So they have a way of blocking any human ego or soul to going into the homunculus and cause the incarnation of some non-human being, such as an elemental or planetary spirit. And that's a very important, right? Elemental or planetary spirit, because Parsons took this and he really took it above and beyond in his Babylon working rituals because Crowley, which I'm going to pull up here in the book of the law, I believe it is, he talks about how you're able to incarnate spirits and helping, you know, helper elementals essentially. So what they're trying to do is you're going to give birth to a regular human being. And again, these are ideas that the elites believe, okay, that, that these occultists believe. And I think that they're still practicing some of this today that they're able to invoke a certain type of energy into this person and that when they are born they're a regular person but have the essence of this planetary spirit elemental angel so think about that they're able to if and what i think it's really connected to is it's connected to reenacting these old stories that we hear about in these ancient scriptures and recreating those stories in real life so taking it from like a meta metaphysical aspect right like the story of isis horus and set and all these different things and bring it into a real physical medium and doing it in real life right so they're able to extract the power from that go ahead thomas i was gonna say this sounds exactly like making a talisman where you wait for some right. planetary body to be super strong you put it inside of usually like a little wooden or stone figure but just imagine the multiplier if instead the talisman is a foitus and now you've Foitus. got a planetary body in, <laughs> in something that can be molded. Because if you if you put the spirit of something inside of a wood talisman, right, like that's the form it's going to keep. It has very limited use. But if you can make a talisman out of a human, you know, human being that mm-hmm. can grow and learn things and have you know power and influence over people in a real practical way, not like a wooden statue could. It just feels like it's the it's the next evolution, right? This Crowley is taking the technology of the ancients and bring it to the next step. Ooh, bro, look at that! As soon as you said that, the thunder just hit. Yeah. Oh <laughs> man, that was creepy. The power dude. flickered. Yeah. <laughs> so think about this. All right. So he's going on here. He's talking about let the man and woman copulate continuously, but especially at times astrologically favorable to thy working. Now, so they have to do it in a ceremonial setting, right? Until they're impregnated, et cetera, et cetera. And this place should be in a great desert. Hmm. Right, we have Dr. Eggman's Zorro Ranch in the middle of the desert. Along- we got Rihanna, too, like her baby. I wonder if there could be some talisman sigil charging there. Absolutely. As that was in the desert. Yeah, so the great circle be drawn and consecrated to the sphere of the work. So, again, a great circle. Hmm. I wonder where I've seen that before and I've wrote about it. So, right. And then check this part out. Donna, I thought about you when I highlighted this. And let the delivery of the woman be retarded or advanced so far as possible to secure a rising sign proper to such a child. Yeah. So, again, how you're right, a lot of these elites, they do segregate verbs. They pick that they do C sections. They pick the date that they want. Now, I'm not saying that all babies are homunculi. I'm saying that the people who practice this, this is where they're getting their information from, okay? And this is what they're practicing. So, the child being born must be dedicated, purified, and consecrated according to the formulae of the planet, element, or sign in which it is the incarnation. So, again, 
It's going to be a perfect human form with all the powers and privileges of humanity, but the essence of a particularly chosen force and with all the knowledge and might of its sphere. And this is thy creation dependent, da da da, et cetera, et cetera. Now, we have Fritz Springmeier, who, let me pull up here, David Pingree, which he talked, and me and Thomas did the Occult Book Club number 13. You can check that out. This is part of the the Liber Vacay, another another book on how to create a homunculus. But look, the Egyptians, their images were made of metal in the shape of birds, animals, humans, and chimeras, and were enlivened by a ritual called the opening of the mouth. The Mesopotamians were practicing all these sort of things, and they were incarnating statues and all these different things. And he talks about how, right, the homunculus serves as a sort of vessel for demon so he, he called it, the homunculus an artificial demon okay so this is not a new idea and crowley just took that and he stepped it up to the next level now it's very important fritz springmeyer talks about how right the moon child rituals and certain other things that were happening let me take my screen off real quick right crowley he wrote moon child was which was first per, uh, pub purchased published in 1917 and this is according to fritz springmeyer he says the idea of the moon child is that via black magic, a perfect soul can be captured. The belief in reincarnation, was, which is prevalent among the Illuminati and the satanic groups, lends itself to the belief that souls compete for a particular embryo. So in the moon child, the idea is expressed to produce a man who should not be bound up by his heredity and should have the environment they desired for him. This perfect soul and a proper person is called homunculus. And look at that. The the, the thunder hits right there, bro. <laughs> so now he references Paracelsus and he Albertus Magnus in the same in the same book. And let me pull up here. I pulled up which book is this uh, by Fritz? This is the Illuminati. The Illuminati formula used to create an undetectable total mind control slave, Fritz Springmeier. So you can check that out. And then I have here. It's a long ass title. It is a long title. So let me pull up the first. He's got some good titles. So we have the, the Bloodlines of the Illuminati. I mean, what a great that's like the best title right I there. I mean, you gotta be the first one to come up with it though, right? So the idea of sympathetic magic, which I covered earlier. Now I have to be careful with one of these, but fetishism is the idea of having a talisman, right? So if a fetishism would refer to an object. A fetish was actually an object or a talisman that was in, inhabited or could carry a spirit of some sort. Okay, so that's what the term fetish comes from. Now, we have Moonchild, which is right written by Aleister Crowley. Now, let me pull up here. You see the bunny? There's a bunny, and the moon is connected to the bunny. And There's we got all these. Yeah, yeah, that little kid at the bottom of her face, you could see like their ear looks like a bunny. The ear is right there, the white part of her hair. Oh, this looks part? like a sperm. Yeah, it looks like a sperm, mm -hmm. sorta, or a bunny. So let's see here. We have. I had it pulled up. Anyways, in this book, he talks about it's essentially about two different sections that the two different. Here we go. I got it pulled up. Two different houses. So a lodge of white magicians and black magicians that are. Of course, this is being super laggy, but he taught. They talk about it. So, right, one of the things that stood out to me is that the invocations of Artemis, 
And I think Artemis has been referred to as the goddess of like cloning, right? She's the one with all the the chesticles, right? Around the chest, right? You have Mind Unveiled talking about that as well. And I'm trying to scroll up to the part. It's really far away, but... And then this part stood out to me. We have thus direct evidence that there are real material beings whose senses are on a different range to ours. So they're talking about, again, incarnating elementals into a, a body, essentially. Now, what what was the direct evidence? Did you see it or just the statement that they had it? No, just a, yeah, just a statement. <laughs> like Cro source, Crowley does that a lot, dude. Crowley will be trust like, me, bro. Yeah, yeah. So Cro most of Crowley's sources are trust me, bro. This is... This is part of Parsons' writings. Now, in, in this particular one, that you have the, the Book of the Babylon, the Book of the Antichrist, and other writings. And we're going to be focusing on the Book of Babylon now. Just this part here. At this time, I decided upon a magical operation designed to obtain assistance of an elemental mate. So he's talking about the Babylon working ritual that he did with L. Ron Hubbard in the desert. Okay? And... L. Ron Hubbard is the founder of Scientology. And they just a coincidence. Right. It's just a coincidence, I'm sure. And they used Enochian magic, which Donna and I have talked about Enochian numerous times that they use the tablets. Donna and I did the episode on the the grid, right? And the disco and all that stuff. So check that out. But he refers to Crowley's magic and theory and practice where consisting of invocation of a spirit elemental into tangible existence by various magical techniques. So we're not talking anymore about an astral homunculus. We're talking about incarnating an actual being into existence. Now, this is the entire working that they did. And supposedly he had a breakthrough and Babylon had supposedly talked to him and he wrote it all down. Now, he believed that he succeeded in this. But before we get to that, I want to I want to reference some in right the chapter six, Our Lady Babylon and of the Beast, wherein she writeth also concerning transformations. This is Crowley. Forgot what book this is. Uh, uh, Magic and Theory and Practice. Now, I love I don't love. But it's really funny how Crowley writes. Okay, it it cra it really cracks me up the way he writes sometimes because he was a troll. Okay, he was he was a troll. So we need not, however, consider this question of death. It may often be convenient for the living to go out about the world in some such incognito. Now, then, conceive of this magical body as created for seeking manifestation as a god seeking incarnation. So he's going to talk about two different methods. Okay on how to, how to either build a body or, or provide substance for this elemental, right? The first method is to build up an appropriate body for it from its elements. You had Paracelsus who wrote all about nymphs and elementals and how they came from their element, okay? You had Simon Magus who essentially made an air homunculus, right, from air. So it's, again, in its element. Now, this is generally speaking a very hard thing to do because the physical constitution of any material being with with much power is or at least should be the outcome of ages of evolution. However, there is a lawful method of producing an homunculus, which is taught in a certain secret organization, perhaps known to some of those who may read this, which could very readily be adapted to to some such purpose as we are now discussing. And I feel secret. like that would have to be the hermetic order of the Golden Dawn, because that was... 
what he initially kind of got into yeah. and then when they didn't like his style that's when he came out and you mm-hmm. know started his own thing and the and the story too moonchild the other guy was mathers right the 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 opposing magician because it's a story i think it's an i think it actually happened but the story the other opposing guy which he hated was Mathers. I mean it was modeled after him. So And Mathers, I thought, is the one that, that helped bring him into the yes. uh, Golden Dawn originally. And he was the one that found like got a, a you know, Enochian chest and all he had like a vision or something and he found the book that essentially helped start the entire he, thing. I always think Mathers was like the non edgelord version of Crowley. Like Crowley was <laughs> the bad boy version of yeah. Mathers. So that was the first the uh, first the first method that he talks about. Then the second method Sounds very easy and amusing. You take some organism already existing, which happens to be suitable for your purpose. And then this is where it gets, this is where it, where it cracks me up, right? You drive out the magical being which inhabits it and take possession. To do this by force is neither easy nor justifiable because the magical being of the other was incarnated in, in accordance with its will. And quote, Thou hast no right but to do thy will, unquote. One should hardly strain this sentence to make one's own will include the will to upset somebody else's will. Well, then he goes, yet it might happen that the will of the other being was to invite the magician to indwell its instrument. So it's like, maybe that other spirit, maybe its will was for you to take over it. <laughs> So no usually means no, but what if sometimes no means yes? Yeah, exactly. So it's like, hey, you know, it's okay. And then moreover, it is extremely difficult thus to exactriate another magical being for thought. For though, unless it is a complete microcosm like a human being, it cannot be called a star. It is a little bit of a star and part of the body of Newt, et cetera, et cetera. And so... But there is no call for this frightfulness. There is no need to knock the girl down unless she refuses to do what you want. And she will always comply if you say a few nice things to her, especially on the subject of the wand or the disc. <laughs> this guy was such a degenerate. Like, hey, you know, just do you think, bro, do you think Crowley had game? Like, did Crowley have, was it, what do they call it now? Riz or Rez or whatever it's called? What do the kids call it? Riz, the Riz Lord. Do you think Crowley had game, or do you think he definitely. was just like, no, dude? He had to, right? Yeah, because he, he was the most free willed. He like you, he would invite you over for tea, and you'd show up, and he would just be like nude and jerking off, like right as you walked <laughs> in the door, but then wouldn't be ashamed about it. So it was just like oh, I if, didn't see you there, Thomas. Sorry, yeah, exactly, sorry brother. Exactly. Oh, are you cool with this? Here, like, take a seat. Like you, you know? knew I was coming over for lunch, bro. Yeah, I'm sorry, dude. I just you know I don't know what happened. That you was know. one time. Come on. <laughs> I was recently in uh, Hollywood, and I was getting footage of all the occult stuff. I found some incredible. You caught some guy jerking off, dude. Come on, bro. Don't post there that. There was a guy, there was a guy smoking crack. It was crazy, bro. Like, it, but I found a lot of occult stuff there to build upon that everybody's pointed out already. But there's there's just a lot more with the Ishtar Gate there and the portals mm-hmm. leading directly to the Hollywood sign. And there's the Hollywood Walk of Fame, which makes a cross, which I think is kind of interesting because could it be an inverted cross? Because the Hollywood stars inverted are the pentagram. 
And you were just bringing up Aleister Crowley in the stars and the moon. Mm -hmm. And I heard that he called his followers stars. I'm not sure if this is true or not. Yeah, it's true. So he calls them stars. So you got Hollywood stars. People are walking on it. So many occult elements. And right on Hollywood Boulevard, you got the Scientology Church, which I believe they're using that for uh, getting information on people who they could use for the mind control no, programming. They would, they would never do that. Because you got to go through a questionnaire program and they learn everything about you. Like, oh, this guy right here psychologically will break and we can like fragment their brain for mind control or something mm-hmm. like that, right? Because they get the whole their whole family history. Yeah. And what I found interesting, I I would like you to look at the logo if there's a cult symbolism there. There's the two triangles, which is the AA, just like Aleister Crowley's AA. But you brought up Artemis being the cloning, and the AA could be Artemis and Apollo as well. So you got these two triangles with a serpent S in the middle. And there's a big billboard saying, come watch Scientology TV 24-7 on Channel 320. And 320 is the 32, which shows up a lot over in Vegas, the 32nd floor. Beyonce just won 32 Grammys. There's 32 spokes and a lot of sun symbolism, even the Miami Dolphins. There's the 32 spokes. Maybe they're not Dolphins. I don't Illuminati Dolphins, bro. Those two Illuminati confirmed. We're going to have to get you an Illuminati Dolphins uh, voiceover. If you remind me when we're done here, yeah, we'll, we'll get something. <laughs> Illuminati Dolphins right. confirmed. No, no, I love the way Dota does it. <laughs> it's like a horse in the distance. Yeah, it's I like want to say that it is a horse, though, because people used to ride them, right? Did you see lanterns. the the link to the Wolfen that I sent you earlier? It's a hybrid Ooh. between a dolphin and a whale called a wolfin. It's a very wow. rare, but yeah, wolfin. But, but so you brought up the Scientology symbol, and that's an interesting one to me because it is a memory palace in itself. Just like any good symbol, someone that has the eyes to see knows that it represents something very specific. And one of the the very first layers that you peel back on that esoteric meaning of it is the top triangle stands for KRC. And it's just an acronym for knowledge, responsibility, control. And that's that's like how you just keep yourself in the moment and sort of like that emotionless. I don't know if, and if anyone here has ever been to an audit um, for Scientology, but like one of the initial tests that they put you through is they'll just have you stare at somebody for a very long time. <laughs> and the instruction is that have no response. You know what I mean? So don't laugh, don't cry, don't do anything, which is weird that a lot of people that do this end up crying. Like if you just stare at somebody in their eyes for 10 minutes and don't say anything, a majority of people end up tearing up and crying for whatever reason. But you can also just turn into like a laughing fit and like all these things. So one of those tests is how long can you survive without, you know, showing some sort of an emotion. And that's what KRC represents. And then the bottom triangle stands for ARC, A-R-C. And the A-R-C is affinity, reality communication so that's kind of like what's under the the top triangle the top triangle is the exoteric right Mm. and then that bottom triangle is the esoteric but literally not just in symbolism but it's like those are the things that are happening within you 
while the knowledge responsibility control it's almost this like program this daemon that you're running as like your front end interface to the rest of the world while the arc triangle is what actually is going on through your body affinity reality communication that's like connecting with people that are on your level and the s would just be for scientology or is that connected at all because it's, it's i mean that's what it's supposed to stand for but i mean I feel that the close connection between L. Ron Hubbard and Crowley means that it, an S can never just be an S, especially if it doesn't just look like a regular old times New Roman S. So, no, I don't think it just means Scientology. Nice. Fantastic. That's nice, nice weave, bro. That's a- yeah, I'm going to add that into this. Uh, I'm putting together a, a Holly Weird uh, edition when I was out there, and I'm going to add that. I'm so proud of you, it. Thomas, dude. You're such a smart guy, dude. You're so smart. You're wicked so, smart. You're wicked smart. Well, when I was worked at Disney, I worked with a guy that was a Scientologist for a long time. Two people, actually. One of them excommun- like, got excommunicated by his family and everything. The other guy, he was his name was Robbie Pallard. He just passed recently. Shout out, R.I.P. Robbie. But he, uh, he went to one of those audit sessions and, like, 30 seconds into staring at someone he just started breaking out laughing uncontrolled <laughs> and dude this guy was like the coolest most jolliest dude you'd ever meet in your entire life i swear to you but the problem was that the auditors that were auditing him right they're like you know ot whatever they're they're a higher level than you in order to audit you i have to be a higher level so he would go in and start laughing but he had such a contagious laugh that the auditor would also start laughing and it broke down the whole facade because the auditor should like the auditor should be so far beyond and in control of their emotions that they wouldn't just break down laughing and no. they like they kept giving them higher and higher like ranking auditors and the same thing would happen he would laugh and then like it would be contagious <laughs> and then they would start laughing and they basically told him like please don't come back he was like but i want to join you know and the only problem was that he just kept making people laugh but it was like a glitch in the freaking system and they couldn't have that so why is the uh scientology buildings there's one right down the street from me uh, made out of bricks because I noticed it's the same bricks that they used on Hollywood Boulevard. I'm not sure if every single uh, I don't think it is because Clearwater uh, is, is a brick. huge Scientology and I don't think it's brick there. It's it's more oh, okay. you know, the standard Florida yeah. sort of fair. Mm. I gotcha. Yeah, the and red... I think the Pasadena one too isn't made out the of The conspiracy is that the brick is more, it, it conducts more or energy if you will so think about how they talk about being light beings maybe perhaps it holds memory or something again i don't i don't but also brick is made in fire um so like there might be some like i don't know chemical phoenician alchemical and didn't they all come out of like a big volcano or something i don't know all the details yeah 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 so (laughs) the souls are stored in a volcano and exploded or let me wrap this part up of the homunculus now hold on where is it you guys see that here we go. This thing is glitching out, bro. So this is in the Moonchild book from 1917. And it's supposed to be a story, again, of a battle between two different lodges over an unborn child. Now, this is the part I want to focus on here because I talked about the talismans, where we, we brought up the talismans. We brought up the sympathetic magic and all these different things. And he goes on to say, but other magicians t- sought to make this homunculus in a way closer to nature. In all these cases they had held, the environment could be modified at will by the application of talismata or sympathetic figures. 
For example, a nine-pointed star would attract the influence which they called Luna, not meaning the actual moon, but an idea similar to the poet's ideas of her. So this is why it's important when you see the symbolism. That's fine if, if you don't believe it or you want to look past it, but this is what, it, what it's talking about. It's the law of contagion. So if it like attracts like, right, the law of similarity. So they build these cities, right, to invoke these energies, okay? And, it, and it's about the invocation or evocation of these energies. So keep that in mind. And by surrounding an object with such stars, right, talking about Hollywood, with similarly disposed herbs, perfumes, metals, talismans, and so on, and by carefully keeping off all other influences by parallel methods, they hope to invest the original object so treated with the lunar qualities and no others. And I'm, I'm, he goes, I am given the briefest outline of an immense subject. Now then, they proceeded to try and make the homunculus on very curious lines. So again, this idea evolves. Now, mind you, you have Parsons was a was a avid Crowley follower. Hubbard was an avid Crowley follower. They were working together, Parsons and Hubbard, right? Two very influential people even today. Their their presence can be felt. Now. They did this Babylon working ritual in the desert, which he believed they believed that they succeeded. Now they succeeded with look at her last name. <laughs> and she was born on my birthday too, April 23rd. So 1922. And after they had gotten done with this ritual in the desert, and essentially it was just Parsons masturbating in the desert onto some parchments, and they were just role-playing pretty much in the desert. <laughs> And they and there's he wrote all this down anyway, so you can read the the actual journal of it. Margie Cameron shows up at his doorstep in California. Now, Margie Cameron, she's a very interesting figure because she was also a follower of the Lima, right? She was also an occult, and she at one point I think in her in her childhood said that she was the devil or something like that. But her magical name is Hilarion. Okay, and some people take that as to being right. Hillary Clinton was actually this moon child because she was born in <laughs> 1947. And mind you, they believe that they open up a portal because 1948, you have Roswell, you have all these different UFO incidences. So did they open up a portal to another dimension? Because Margie Cameron was also associated with some of the first UFO people, which I'll find here in a second. But I want to point this out because you can add this to the Illuminati Worms uh, presentation donut. Because, right, she heard that a, a UFO had allegedly been seen over Washington, D.C., and she considered it a response to Parsons' death because they did a ritual trying to contact Parsons' spirit after the fact, right? She was involved with Kenneth Anger and a group called The Children. Now, with The Children... Right. And she she was the Babylon incarnated like he he believed after the fact that she was this femunculus, essentially, or homunculus, like she was the incarnation of this energy, Babylon, which was their their great goddess. Right. She got together with this crew of people called the children. She gathered a loose clique of magical practitioners around herself, which she called the children intentionally con comprising members from various races she oversaw a woke. range of she was woke as hell yeah, she was, woke, <laughs> she was of, directing a disney movie of sex magic with the rituals with the intent of creating a breed of mixed race moon children who would be devoted to horus okay and check this out 
she became pregnant as a result of these rites and termed her forthcoming child the Wormwood Star. Ooh, so we have Marjorie Cameron, which is connected to this is her, this is her, this is her art. Her art is like really trippy, and she's connected uh, uh, to egg. Van. What's the guy's name? Van Tassel, I think it is. The guy with the that I think he made contact with like some aliens from. Let me pull it up here. George Van Tassel. He's one of the first ufologists. And she was out here too with this guy. So George Washington Van Tassel, American contactee, ufologist, and author. And he was, again, one of the first people to bring to talk about UFOs, if I'm not mistaken. He has the in Integratron, which is like this this huge building that you can talk on one side, you can whisper on one side, you can hear it on the other side. Okay, so it's like the resonance is all lined up. And trying to find here the, he held like the first ever UFO convention. Let me find it here. Found a ministry, et cetera, et cetera. No, I can't find it, but this is one of the first guys to, right, in the desert and Wow. Let me find here first. Well, also that Margie woman, Margie Cameron, mm -hmm. she died July 24th. And that's when Elon, the rocket man, uh, released X on July 24th, which mm -hmm. 24th really? is X in the alphabet. Just looking at the dates Ooh. and her holding the egg as well. I've been looking at the silly putty because <laughs> Barbie was made from Mattel. <laughs> yeah, I know. Barbie was created by Mattel and or at least pushed by it. And that's where the magic eight ball uh, was pushed by Mattel. So I've been researching that and the eight is like the Ouroboros. And I just saw an image. Oh, yeah. The Moon Child book, Moon with the two zeros, the two uh, O's, the cover of the book makes an Ouroboros when it spells out moon in one of the editions. And it's like the eight, the eight ball, which is fortune telling that the social media like Twitter or X is doing is fortune telling. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So these ideas, again stem from these occultists and it, i mean it goes and it stems from the the alchemists of old who are practicing this stuff and, and right we can't forget the alleged three-letter agency connections that crowley had right which i mean we know three-letter agencies always have our best interest in technically mind. it was three letters and a number three letters and a number okay and they say that he was you have the weird occult connection with they said that John D was 007. Now I've heard evidence disputing that, but right, you have the the James Bond 007 tarot deck too, and like that guy's connections with the occult. So it's kind of weird of like relating spies with occultists, but back then that was like a thing. All elites. Well, we're talking an intelligence network. If yes. you just if you think of occultists and cia and all this just think of it as it's an intelligence network and now all of a sudden the connection between skull and bones and bohemian grove and the illuminati and the cia mm -hmm. is just a big thing cia just happens to be the state-sponsored we love know, them here by the way on the version of it 
We, we oh, yeah, no. Today's today's episode is spawn. It's either at CIA or ATF this week. I can't remember. I don't know, but we love them all. We 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 love them. We support them here on this podcast. So just in case, if, if my handler's listening or, or my CIA, sign, sign up for the CIA Patreon. Patreon.com/slash CIA. <laughs> is there really a CIA Patreon? I don't I mean <laughs> probably. Uh, let me look it up. Imagine they had like a Patreon. That'd be crazy, bro. I'm <laughs> they're sure flipping. Some... Well, they're they're gonna sign up after after they see this one because you know they're watching it. Oh, there's a guy with the URL, but no, it's not. It's not. The well, so like I've been looking into this orb, right? So like the eight ball is an orb that you shake mm-hmm. and it shows you. You got the orb, the sphere in Las Vegas right now, and this cryptocurrency this blockchain the world coin is an orb that you scan your eye with right and the eyes the window to the soul you look at somebody they'll start crying or whatever uh i've done that before with with people i mean every day you look at people you know so yeah that's not something scientology owns it's just one of the techniques but like there's a lot of like self-help seminars and like weird spirit journey things that you go on that, that employ that exact same technique. You just sit in a room with a person for sometimes hours and you just stare into their eyes. Yeah. I'm good at eye contact. I'm like, I do so that to my son. I'll just sit there like my five-year-old and I'll just stare at him, bro. I do that with my cat. <laughs> so my son, will just be sitting on the couch and I'll just, bro, I'll just, and he'll, he'll start like, if he's on his tablet or something, he'll be like, <laughs> and he'll, he'll keep doing it till like after, the, and I'll just sit there for like two minutes straight, just like he's like, "What?" I'm like, <laughs> "Well, so like this orb is also part of Crowley, as he saw an orb, and it goes into these lightning balls, and Benjamin Franklin saw a lightning ball. You got the spirits that are known to be seen as an orb. So I'm not sure if you ever looked into. Yes. Light yeah. lightning balls are that dragon ball, balls. Ball you ever heard of ball lightning? Yeah, ball lightning. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Well, so what is this? So they say, I mean, it's just a, like what a charge because it happens a lot in the in the swamps. I think it is. Yeah, and it and it can go through walls and stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's just like a big ball of energy that's. But I've legit. also I don't know. I've heard that from like indigenous people. I was listening to a to a. a a Bigfoot podcast, I think it was today or yesterday, and they talked about how these entities, right, Bigfoot or, or crypto or whatever, they, these spirits, they travel as these orbs or balls of, of light. So, again, I think it's, again, it could be a sort of technology, and I don't know. I mean, maybe they're tapping into something, right? When well, it comes I, to- I got a fun one for you. I don't know if you've pulled this up in your superb owl uh, videos, but... Like Juan was saying before, we still make our cities based on the sympathetic magic. You've got obelisks that represents male energy, and you've got domes, but you've also got these huge arenas, these big super mm-hmm. bowls, you know, superb owls. And what happens in the middle of those, usually they're they're played at night under these, you know, stars and the moon, the planets are out, and they've got this egg that they're just charging for nonstop for like two or three hours. I mean, it's kind of like a big orgy of you know a bunch of of male energy specifically a bunch of male energy all just being directed at this one egg that gets handed back and forth passed back and forth it just feels that 
with all of the eyeballs that are on that and all the money that that ball is worth in reality, right? Like that, that ball, so many people are watching it. It is the most highly charged thing maybe on the planet in that one moment. And what is that? If not looking at the arena as maybe a vessel and maybe that ball might be this homunculus because just like bringing down this planetary energy into a talisman, it feels like if you've got millions of people watching that happen and all investing and putting money on it, right? And like doing, like actually having impact on their real life, it feels like that's the most charged version of this kind of moon child ritual that we might have still is are these big sports arena games. I'm sure it's just yeah. a coincidence, Thomas. <clears throat> And the L.A. arena is called the Crypto Arena, and it looks like an eye from above, but that is so fascinating. It is an egg being charged, and you got the cheerleaders around yeah. it, so it's bringing that like sexual energy into it, and it's the number one show, most watched show yeah. in the world is the Super Bowl. Right, and, and Rihanna was at the one this year, so think about all that energy that was directed towards her and pretty much looking well, wait, at her. Didn't you have a too. prediction when her she was going to have the kid? Is that are we? Yeah, are I we got it wrong. Right? No, I got oh, it wrong. Have, we've passed the date. Yes, but nobody seems the well. Really maybe mind. right because if you were smart, it's like the people that win the lottery and they hire a lawyer to show up and collect it, so no one knows who they are. If you really did have a moonchild you might have the kid and then not release all of the announcements until afterwards to kind of like shuffle the deck a little bit. That's what, yeah. Uh, And if that happens, then I will come out and talk about that. So (laughs) to, to wrap this up on the whole Crowley and homunculus thing. So, so George Van Tassel had made the Integratron as a, like a rejuvenation machine or something, but he also had contact. And I remember, because I did a whole episode on this, like two years ago where he he wrote on a on a on a ufo like he had this alien land it opened up and he went in in it and it plays into the ashtar galactic command and they have a jesus they have a jesus jesus sananda which is like this (laughs) this light being alien nordic looking et i don't know but it's really weird but cameron hung out with this guy okay in the desert and it was one of I, i believe he had one of the first ever ufo conventions okay which again the ufo phenomenon right now is real big in the media we have, they got the hearing happening today the hearing is happening today or already happened probably i don't know but yeah don't they, they only call them uaps now like ufos don't even exist anymore do UAP, they ufo or U, uap yes. uso unidentified submerged object and so to, to bring this to a close as far as the the, the curly homunculus I think it plays into the Tyrone and all that stuff with everything that we talked about. And maybe, just maybe, they implemented their own version. So let's say that what we're reading today isn't 100% the process that they used, right? There's there's different ways of skinning a cat, similar how there's different ways of creating a homunculus, but they use this as their basis, okay? We saw it in the movie where they implant memories onto them. And I don't know if you were here, don't know, but I was talking about how they they were flashing the lights in front of the guy's face to implant the memories of this essentially empty vessel. So, I mean, they're creating artificial embryos are being created without a male or female. And again, this is what they're presenting to us. And there's, right, the laws of cloning, which that was my first ever slide here, my my first tab, and I never didn't even open it. But 
right? You were talking about how it, it was illegal, right? So it's illegal in about 70 countries that banned it. And I'm like, if human cloning is impossible, right? Why would it be illegal? Why, why do you make something illegal that's impossible, right? It's like your chances of being killed by your cat are never zero, right? <laughs> they're, they're slim, but never. So watch out for Chan Donut, okay? Because he... He'd be kind of shady sometimes. I see him on the stream, dude. I see him jump on your... your Bro, those cats your will steal your breath when you're sleeping. You ever heard that one? Yeah, dude. They'll sit on your chest, too. So, Oh, I did hear that one. Yeah, where they... That wasn't a, I, there wasn't a movie. I, I can't remember if it was uh, what movie it was. But it was like a whole thing about like the dad not letting the cat sleep in the kids' room because it would sit on the chest and steal your soul. <laughs> yeah, they definitely... They de- definitely... Or up to something. They, if I show any weakness around my cat, <laughs> he will attack me. So I have to like be. Yeah, it's crazy. Like if I get sick, he turns evil and he starts like just like, chewing on you. <laughs> yeah, he does a bunch of crazy stuff. So I gotta always be like on point around him. Damn, dude. So I also want to talk. Right, so MK Ultra Project Monarch and all these different things. Also, I want to add that the facility and the story in which they were creating these moon children in the story of Crowley was called the butterfly net. So again, mm. almost like a nod to, cause yeah. let's say that Crowley was in a three letter agency. Okay. And he, what he, right. He's talking about how certain, certain organiz secret organizations know about this technology. Well, what if he's referring to one of these three letter agencies, or maybe he's referring to a secret society who knows? Or what if it's one and the same? A secret society and a government organization, they're one and the same. Right? I mean, it's definitely one and the same. If you're talking about Skull and Bones, for example, yeah. Skull and Bones and CIA, at one point, the uh, the Venn diagram was a circle between those two. So, again, it's not too far-fetched. To, they have this knowledge. They, I'm, I'm 100% sure that they know about these things, and I think that they employ them. And now they're putting these movies out, and the movie, I think, is supposed to be comedy as well. Right, so same how this podcast, some people forget it's comedy too, right? We're under the comedy <laughs> genre, and some people take things a little bit too seriously. But I mean, we're presenting real ideas, real concepts, and we sprinkle in a couple of dick jokes on the way out. So, well, comedy just means the hero wins. That's all that means. Really? Yeah, hero. Comedy means the hero wins. Tragedy means the hero dies. Well, the homunculus will always live and will always rise. So. To comedy so <laughs> yeah i just wanted to add that that aspect to it that it is now again they put these movies out and they laugh in people's faces and i think it's another f- form of mk ultra of the programming of the subconscious because they are the sorcerers of the subconscious and they're well, cinema i want to know especially from the book that we're gonna we'll do on a cult book club but that's the Oh man, what's the huge long ass name? But like the perfected... the Illuminati. What? Yeah, the well, yeah. What is it? The Illuminati formula used to create an undetectable total mind control slave. Okay, yeah, oh. undetectable total mind control. But um, that book makes a really good point. Even if you don't believe in all of like the the woo aspects of it, but he he very much emphasizes that 
you don't just take MK Ultra or Monarch programming and just throw someone through as if it were like an assembly process or that like it's just like a one size fits all. There's a lot of attention paid to finding the right candidate. So a Moonchild is one example of a very strong candidate for being mind controlled and having memories implanted. But another one is like these genetic lines. And that's where the bloodlines of the Illuminati come in because the whole aspect of the bloodlines is that they might have found this certain genetic morphism that allows you to be programmed way easier than just, you know, grabbing someone at random. There that might was be Tyrone, bro. Specifically, well, that, yeah, well, the guy that the Tyrone was based on, maybe that was him that like, his mind and his physiology and his DNA or something about him just made him way easier to fit that role of someone being cloned. Whereas maybe someone else, they just wouldn't take, you know, the programming wouldn't take, like, you're not going to train your kid to be a classic pianist if they've got like those, those grubber (laughs) hands and like little short stubby fingers and stuff. Right. There's, there's just like certain limitations and that might, I mean, thinking out of the box here, but I think that where Fritz was going with some of this and maybe the modern day evolution is that if you were in a royal line and you did know how to clone and you did know how to make homunculi, then what better way than to like find a certain bloodline of people that are easy to program, breed them to be your vessel, and then transplant your memories or yes. whatever into other people's memories. And that might be what all these bloodlines are really about. It's like they've got the IP, they've got the secret sauce, you know, they've got the Let's Dr. Pepper go, recipe. They don't want to spread it with anyone else. So, yes. Right. The immortality key, if you will. Right. Part of alchemy is the elixir of eternal life. Well, what if right understanding the homunculus concept is also understanding the, the soul concept? What is a soul? Right. And we get into Rene Descartes with the mind body dualism. The body is one thing. The mind, consciousness, whatever. The soul is another thing. So these guys were also talking about how, hey, yeah, your soul can can exist separate from your body okay so take that idea and if we're able to project outwards and hey who okay thinking outside the box here who knows if if these guys knew exactly when they were going to pass and pass away and they were like hey listen such and such date right some devoted disciple is going to do this ritual because I'm going to be there in my soul form. You know, just thinking outside the box here. I'm going to be there in my soul form to inhabit this homunculus that you're making and therefore I reincarnate. Or what if they found a, a more efficient way of doing that? You know what I mean? Maybe, but there, there's a weird, there's a weird like you gotta uh, meet gotcha at 3 here. o'clock, Thomas. All right? 3 o'clock, bro. Well, so, so I'm really interested in what you guys think about this because just like you were saying that celebrities and people with means and, and the resources can decide on when they want their kid to be born so it can be like astrologically planned and everything, right? Down to the second almost. But it almost, I mean, I'm not aware of any religion that's ever existed that said you're allowed to decide when you leave this planet on your own terms outside of like Heaven's Gate or, or you know, the kooky ones. But even like the most extremist religions, they all basically say you're not allowed to decide when you leave. Like you have to leave when, you know, some other higher power just decides it's your time. And I wonder why that that dynamic even exists. Maybe there is something about deciding when you get to leave, having some extra power. And that might be the ultimate thing of like no one's they don't want anyone to have that kind of a power. 
because it allows you to exit on your own terms. Because I'm, I'm thinking of that Rosicrucian Cosmo Conception book. And in that, they imply that if you become like a certain level after you die, when you come back, you almost get like like the first pick, right? You get like first dibs or first round draft pick on who you want to inhabit. And another aspect of the Rosicrucianism is that when you die, you relive your entire life in reverse. And the more that you've rehearsed it and the more that you've contemplated your own life, the faster that process goes. So at a certain point, if you're elevated enough, you will die and then relive your life so fast and then get your first choice at your you know first pick that maybe there's something in there of like, if I know I leave on this point and this other person's being born around this same time where I can plan out for me to live my life in reverse, it'll take, you know, if you're, they say that the fastest you can do is about a third. So if you live to be 75 years old, then it'll take you 25 years to relive your life in reverse. But if you can plan all of that out, then when you get your first dibs, I mean, th- that's something that only generational wealth and these long family legacies would have the resources or even the the want to do, right? But that, I mean, it feels like there's there's something to that. Yeah, and you got to be careful where you go with that because some people may interpret it a certain type of way, you know what I mean? And well, I'm, I'm dancing around the words, but I just you see how like there's no taboo about deciding. No, because artificially... I've, I've encountered people before. There, one particular, the one and only time I've ever like censored something on a podcast, and I I want to say the guy told me to take it out, but it was like essentially along the lines of yeah, I try to figure out how to how to exit the simulation, and I did X Y Z. Like on the dude like said it on the podcast and I was like, I was bro, that's super super dark. And then I think after the fact he told me to take it out. I took it out because again, I think it's a real. I think it's it's a struggle that some people have. It, it right? is the it is the ultimate taboo to the point where even the most extreme religions don't advocate for it. So and it, and it feels like there's something to that because if if there's a reason to plant like uh, align yourself astrologically with your entrance then why isn't there also a, a reason to align yourself <laughs> astrologically with the exit? Yeah, no. You're, yeah, you're absolutely right, bro. I, I, I'm with you 100%, and I'm, I'm trying to find right now the... Crowley talks about the Egyptian Book of the Dead and how... Let me see. I'm trying to find where, where it's at. Well, with the monarch butterfly that you were just talking about, that butterfly symbolism... Uh, I'm just tying it into something I've been looking deeply in with insane clown posse and Eminem <laughs> because they have the big beef together. And I see really? people be, well, yeah, yeah. So you didn't know about like that? A, like an actual beef or like a Hollywood, like let's sell some albums beef. <laughs> well, so that that's where, what the question is. Was it Hollywood designed or was it real? Because it seemed pretty real. But then the more you learn about, the industry, the more questions arise. And as juggle of the year consecutively for 35 years, I've been looking into the <laughs> symbolism of them and ICP, every album they create is dedicated to the butterfly. And it goes into a story of uh, violent J Joe Bruce, who killed a butterfly accidentally by saving it in a, um, like a Mason jar and it died to so what he, jar a mason jar <laughs> and they're they are actually performing uh for hallow wicked on halloween night in detroit at the masonic temple mm-hmm. there 
a lot of concerts are played at a Masonic temple. So I'm not sure if there's a connection there at all. Well, but. I, I can give you some insider knowledge on that that I'm I'm allowed, I think, to divulge here. But almost every Masonic uh, temple out there is like falling behind on their rent and arrears, and and the <laughs> the money, like the, like legitimately, the money for rent has gone up, and the people joining Freemasonry has gone down dramatically. So that's why very often you'll see Masonic temples and you know meeting halls like repurposed for stuff it's because they're they're freaking broke man Dang. yes i was just filming the jimmy kimmel show at the masonic temple like filming that in hollywood boulevard which is directly next to the disney movie theater in the disney movie theater it's the star of ishtar and right in front of it just is the ishtar yeah but right in front of the ishtar symbol is the ishtar gate which is a gate and right underneath that gate is the Hollywood sign. So it's all lined up and I don't think anybody's ever brought that up, but I've been connecting those dots cause I got the zoom lens on the camera. So I'm able to, when like, you say Ishtar gate, what's an Ishtar gate. That's the name of the big gate in Hollywood that it was dedicated to Ishtar uh, right there on Hollywood Boulevard. Interesting. That's what so called, they named it the Ishtar, Ishtar gate. gate. Yes, it's the, that's the so that's not it right there, but that's what it's modeled after uh, in Hollywood. This is the so original the, one, then. Huh? Uh, I think that's one of the. Uh, I think that's a remake of it. I think the original one, like, is not like seeable. Maybe um, I forget. But this so one. this gate, yeah. So this gate right here, this portal the in the middle, this arch in the middle. Um, I was filming right here in, in this middle, it's connected right in the middle to the Hollywood sign on one side. And the other side is the star of Ishtar where Disney is, uh, their theater. And then right next to the Disney is the Masonic temple that, uh, Jimmy Kimmel is based out of. So I'm the first person I think to connect that that's all tied in together. Uh, sure. It's just a coincidence. Though. I'm pretty sure. But what I was trying to get at was that. Well, you were bringing up with Mathers, as Eminem's last name is Mathers. So Samuel Mathers mm -hmm. of the Hermetic Golden Dawn had a beef with Aleister Crowley, who was more of the bad boy, right? And Insane Clown Posse, they had this worldwide beef with Eminem and ICP. And they both go into murder rap and occult symbols in their music that goes into the Dark Carnival or it goes into... Uh, whatever Eminem wants to talk about. But Eminem is the caterpillar in his Royce the Five Nine song. He came out with this big hit song, The Caterpillar. So he's identifying as a caterpillar. And then Eminem, I ICP, identifies as the butterfly. So there's that like internal beef maybe on another level that's just paying homage to maybe their grandparents, and uh, right, talking about the butterfly and the butterfly effect, right? He could like go back in time. I and... love that movie. I like the little kid when he like beats the guy with the movie uh, standing in line sign. <laughs> I don't know so, why I like that scene so much. <laughs> with his adult mind inhabiting his younger body. So again, you have like this sort of right vessel homunculus s thing where we saw again. We're talking about mind control, putting thing vessels, right? Fetishism which is a vessel for a spirit or an entity. And again, what if they figured out 
away this technology, right? The butterfly effect and chaos theory, the sensitive dependence on initial conditions in which a small change in one state of the deterministic nonlinear blah, 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 blah uh, which right, makes a difference in the latter state. So again, I mean, yeah, even ICP made a, a game called chaos theory. Really? Yes. Yikes. And there's this ball that you roll, which is similar to the eight ball yeah. that I'm just learning about because the eight ball, like you, you roll it, but like in that like container, it's a dice that has like so many different sides to it. And there's like a, Dude, it's, it's just a Ouija board, in my opinion. There's really almost no difference between a Ouija board and a Magic 8-Ball. So, Thomas, hold that thought there because, okay, we've brought up, to, to bring this full circle, really, and, and close this out, this is an idea that I've been thinking about. I, Mark from my family thinks I'm crazy, right? You're talking about the insane clown posse. He put out an episode today on this guy who relates the nephilim to clowns and it's a really interesting episode so anyone listening i can't wait to watch that one yeah i'm watching that tonight it's really good and because you're talking about again these clowns and all these different things and and what they could symbolize now thomas was talking about perhaps there being this universe or reality in which you're you know you're able to tap into kind of sort of at the beginning and right i believe that there is i think that there is an og metaverse now growing up i think it's been implanted in our subconscious this idea of right the the magic orb the crystal ball right you're able to tell the future you're able to scry into another dimension well who do we know that these people use their technology that we're doing exactly that well john d edward kelly we have parsons using enochian magic you have crowley using enochian magic or you have the two ball cane 007 we have the 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 idea of these <laughs> occultists or astrologers being some sort of secret society, but hear me out, Thomas, because I'm just having the, the, the two ball cane 007. Thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Two ball cane 007. I've always said that. So the idea that the Mundus Imaginalis, and I've talked about this before, there's a researcher who talked about various types of technology in order to access this Mundus Imaginalis. Now, now what this Mundus Imaginalis is, is a world sandwiched in between reality and non-reality. And it's a world that is created by imagination. It's an autonomous world that exists on its own. And you're able to tap into that. Now, one of the the technologies in which Angela Voss, this, this, she writes about occult and esoteric subjects. She said that scrying is a way of accessing this Mundus Imaginalis, similar to what John D and Edward Kelly were doing. Now, what if, right? Because I just did an episode, right? We're talking about the Nephilim. Alchemy, if you follow the lineage, came from the Nephilim, right? And we're talking about what happened with the Nephilim? Well, they started to insert themselves into the daughters of men. The world got populated with all these chimeras and all these things. And then God flooded the world. We had the great reset, Noah's Ark. And which I, I think that Noah was a great alchemist as well. But what if, right? The reason that we see, right? And I'm going to use one of these cryptids or, or whatever. Dogman, right? This chimera looking thing that we, that there's a lot of reports as of lately. Well, what if, 
we're all collectively scrying all at the same time and bringing certain things into existence by all of us collectively using our technology. Because how many times haven't you heard somebody say, oh, your phone's like a modern day scrying mirror? Well, we're on it all day long, quite literally just zooming around, hmm. right? Surfing the internet or the whatever it is. Well, what if we're all collectively bringing things in from this Mundus Imaginatus into existence through the use of our technology, through us scrying, right? On our phones all day long. Well, I think it's that, but again, let's talk about James Cameron. So if you believe that everyone's scrying on their phones and having a shared hallucination, we're talking about Maya. Mm -hmm. The concept of Maya is where everyone believes the same illusion. That illusion becomes like our shared reality, regardless of how real it is. But again, if, if you're James Cameron and you're like, okay, so if the entire world is are using these scrying devices and I tell them this is what AI is, here's what Skynet is, here's what a Terminator is, here's what the future is, and then everyone's watching it and sharing it and tweeting it and writing fan fiction to a point like start the Star Wars universe. I always think, what if like a big meteor hits? We've got a big civilization ending event and they just they dig up whatever they can find. Just like now, right? Like the amount of things that we have found from antiquity is so small and we base so much of our assumptions on these tiny little fragments and incomplete pieces. What if someone only discovers like a bunch of star wars stuff and even though it's like it all says like oh yeah it's fiction and it was written by this guy it's like yeah but why would they make all of these buildings and statues and people had tattoos of it like this had to be an actual religion these had to be gods these had to be real things and i think that if you're in hollywood in particular you can plant that and it's not predictive programming it's like here's what i want the rest of the world to conjure like i as james cameron i'm not a, a strong enough wizard to conjure this by myself but if i get 30 million people conjuring it then it might become a reality Damn. and i mean and i think it does because the terminator and harry potter and star wars are probably more real than than Juan is right like Juan, you're very real to I'm your small little circle but if you were to spread yourself out across the entire globe, like you're not as real as Harry I Potter is, shit. even though Harry <laughs> Potter isn't real, but he's realer than you just from like a numbers basis. Damn, That's why I bro. think Trump was elected because he was able to get his name just through his branding. Trump, Trump Towers, you're Trump fired. This, Trump you're Media, fired. right? It's, it's simplifying his entire brand into one sigil Trump. So Everybody in the world knew who he was already, and if they didn't, they didn't know eventually. Um, but through that process that you're talking about, how that becomes powerful, it's just famous. How much fame can you get or how much can you mm -hmm. be in the spotlight uh, on the mind? Uh, these companies throwing their sigils like M&Ms or Coca-Cola that they don't need to advertise. Everybody already knows it but always being there in the, in the name. And that's what makes me question uh, the, the movements that are on the other side. Well, for like, for like an Andrew Tate, for example, that why would the mainstream media put them on BBC, put them on all the top news stations to be interviewed hour long interviews, not just like a little segment where it's a hit piece it's they it's like a full on hour long 
interview and which is like charging a sigil in in a sense um putting his archetype he's like project they're projecting the andrew tate archetype out into the world because for whatever reason there's there's some sort of a use that that can fill so I think, just like cloning, you know, like that's how you clone a person in practical terms. You put them on the TV and you venerate them and then people want to be like them and they start turning themselves into that person. It's like an actual version of cloning. It's the simulacrum. You're, you're right. So whatever happens on the billboards, people imitate, right? And that why would they be pushing something that's more conquering energy, more dominating energy when all the kids are like beta soft kind of not Mm -hmm. you know they're very soft right now so why are they pushing a strong stronger mentality what what if it's like look how weak you are look let's compare you to like a, a true alpha and it's almost like a taunting of like you know you're now you're even weaker because i've just demasculated Your you head even is not more. as bald as thomas paranoid right. Americans. you don't yeah. have this beard bro yeah it's, yeah so the illuminati plans their plans through a uh, century long goals and it was always aimed for the youth right they awarded the young 20 year olds to be part of the club so it would continue for a long time that's what philo was talking about in that book so like andrew tate is influencing the the youth, right? Uh, Big time. So what is on the horizon? I, like It seems like it could be preparing them for war because the people that go to battle are 18-year-olds, right? They're like 22, like mm-hmm. 18 to 22. That's like that that age frame, at least for uh, the Israeli army. That's all I know. I don't really know about the U.S. army if that's – the cutoff date but it seems to be universal because you don't believe in death when you're young you're more willing to take risks and whatnot yeah so what are they planning for the future because war is the only way next to a cbdc that they can reset the debt the debt clock which will be hidden 33 trillion dollars so i wonder if they're waiting for the 33 but it's at 32 now and i find (laughs) That 32 is also important. Um, but, I mean, these are all things that are to be considered. Yeah. Um, and, and Donut, what you're talking about, right, the emulation, let's not forget that emulating is part of sympathetic magic. So when you emulate something, you start, again, that law of similarity, like attracts like, law of contagion. So by you being exposed to something just one time, like I had somebody, I had somebody email me. And I had a lot of weird emails, but I had somebody email me and they were asking me about the Monroe Institute tapes and if they should do them and, and that they were afraid of opening up themselves to to something right otherworldly or something. Other. And I'm like, listen, dude, I tried the first one and I was like, hey, I I mean, I did I feel something? Yeah, it felt weird, but not, nothing like too crazy. But I told the person, I'm like, you're more susceptible to anything out of any outside influence from the media that you intake and the things you're watching on TV or video games that you're playing on a regular basis versus trying Robert Monroe's, you know, the Institute tapes one time. Yeah. The gateway process. I tried it. (laughs) I I put together a gateway CIA to classified files. And I was like, I'm going to try it out while I'm making the documentary to really immerse myself in the project. Mm -hmm. And it was during the election 
And I think it was a great thing that I did. But I mean, all, all it is, is you're just meditating. That's yeah, pretty exactly. much it. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, like you don't even need to go do that. Just go meditate. But they have the Hemi sync, right? So I was listening to the Hemi sync sounds and I was meditating at my pool, looking at the pool. And I totally went to deep meditation and I really, really uncovered how the false left paradigm of by and everyone went out and voted. Everyone was so invested and emotional about the election. And I seriously left that tunnel, that reality tunnel. And it uh, changed my perspective on on a lot. Imagine, Donut, if right when you're in deep meditation and you get into like this deep thought and you're able to transcend through the other side. What if, right? When you come out on the other side, you're just you're just inside of Thomas's bald ass head, just looking at the world from the inside of his head out, bro. Like, what if being that's John a homunculus? That's the homunculus theory. <laughs> it's like being John Malkovich. That's like what that's yeah. about. So right? sort of. What and if he's I'm, bald? What right? What if that's the answer? John Malkovich. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Jeez, I don't know. Well, it's, a, it's a sign of just having extra testosterone. <laughs> so technically, it's like the most alpha thing you can do. Yeah, there's a lot of signs for uh, testosterone. <laughs> like I, yeah, I'm gonna stop there. But there's a lot of different things too. Hell yeah, brother. So, <laughs> any anything else you you boys want to add? I mean, I think we we're at, we're at the over the two hour mark here. And I say we just go through the research one more time. From the beginning, from the beginning, you want to just do it all over. Again? Well, let's let's Rosicrucian it. We're going to go back through it in reverse order. So, yeah, exactly. So it really at three times the speed imprinted in the subconscious. That's how you're supposed to go in backwards. I mean, Crowley talked about that too. Back masking and reading things backwards or learning things backwards because you're able to pick up on. I'm down. I mean, let's let's start. Ready? Well, to me, dude, that's what NLP <laughs> is. But NL NLP in my mind, is like the non-magical version of all of this. Scientology repackages it a little bit as not necessarily magical, more of like a religious thing. Um, but NLP is like the most secular, detached version. NLP is the commercialized, like pre-packaged, go to the Walmart and buy it off the shelf version of a lot of this <laughs> Magic <stuff>. for dummies. <laughs> it's, I mean, kind of, you know, like magic for everyday people type of thing. So I think that that's probably the closest that I I get into like believing some of this woo woo and mind control and programming and false memory implants because I, I didn't believe in any of that for the longest time and then once I started looking into NLP and learning about it and like trying it out and seeing how it works on other people that was truly the moment I was like okay there's absolutely something to mind control and if there's something to mind control like how deep does this thing go yeah. And I think, again, back to this movie, this movie, people should really check it out. It it's obviously has a woke agenda around it, but it put out a lot of stuff that I was like picking up. I'm like, damn. And I mean, it go it goes deep. And by the way, somebody just sent me five bucks, which I'm going to have to send you, Donut, because it was for you. But they said, Donut, I sent you a message <laughs> on Patreon about Travis Scott Utopia and the eclipse that's happening in Utopia, Texas. I just found out he's setting up a huge totem here, too. So. Okay, I'll, res I'll respond to that. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you to Wendy Wendy Hill Hill House. So. If if you're throwing out money, bro, check out the Paranoid American Patreon. the The more the more Patreons that sign up, the more pamphlets we're gonna start knock. Dude, honestly, I'm not even kidding about this. 
But since I uh, started doing more videos and shouting the Patreon out, I'm up to like eight subscribers. But that's that's honestly been enough to start cranking out my next pamphlet uh, early. I sent you some previews of it, Juan. Mm-hmm. It's going to be on the Satanic Panic. But yeah. I was just thinking, dude, if, if I get enough Patreons, that would be a new pamphlet at least for a year. I would love to do like one a month. I mean, I don't know if I could do more than one a month without like a huge team. But... I know you can do one a month. The artist is the problem. <laughs> well, that's but that's it is that then I could have the resources to hire 12 artists at the same time and then mm. always have them working behind schedule, but ahead of schedule. Get back to work. Yeah. Right. And I guess that's, before that's a whip of a Braxis. And I guess before it ends on like the Avesa Brotherhood, how that kind of ties into this cloning stuff mm-hmm. as well, that these ancient alchemists, this event, it was called a Vesa. That was what moving your spirit into a new body was called, was called uh, a Vesa. And a lot of people think mm. St. Germain and Francis Bacon, mm-hmm. they're the same person through this process called a Vesa. So it's sort of like the, the same idea. Maybe they were just cloning uh, okay. and that's it. There's a comic book called Titan that's probably impossible to find now because it was like self-published by the guy that made it. And it was about the Rockefeller family had discovered this way to, you know, when when they knew that they were about to pass, that they could pass themselves on to the next newborn within the Rockefeller family. And that was how they amassed all this wealth and knowledge over the years was essentially what you're describing here. I've never heard that term. I'm going to have to look it up. But if if Avesa was real and you had a way to control it and Mm. intentionally plan towards it, that might be the realest version of immortality that could reach back to antiquity. And if there were a way to do that, you wouldn't want to give that secret out. That really would. That would be like Marty McFly giving out the sports almanac to everybody, right? (laughs) Like only one person can have that sports almanac for it. What what if that's a nod to that, bro? You know, again, they're speaking in symbols. What if that's a nod to this other technology? Like, yo, the the back to the future. Yeah. Like if I mean, Hollywood, the Ishtar gate. I mean, it, for at this point, like I'm open to it all. I'm less of a skeptic when it comes to Hollywood, yeah. Because Hollywood really does feel the closest thing we've got to real magic right now, and Hollywood wouldn't be what it is without Aleister Crowley. Yeah, and and I'm gonna link your video to Donna in the description so people can check that out. It's really, really the editing was amazing, and it really goes deep because again, it relates to alchemy, and again, the transference of consciousness, the elixir of life, the philosopher's stone, all these different things were things that they were going after so extending your life yeah i mean and they say that all these figures in the bible were able to live for so long because they had access to the you know the philosopher's stone or the elixir life again through alchemy so yeah this was this was great guys this is really really insightful we uncovered a lot of things and this went pretty deep so i'm excited to put this one out and you guys want to plug your stuff Uh uh-oh uh-oh does Chan Steal, work for the your CIA? Soul. Yeah, there you go. He's gone. So, paranoidamerican.com. Thomas, you want to plug anything else? Check out the... Yeah, please. I just released this week my documentary on YouTube. If you just search the term Thrill Oxide, two words, you'll find the documentary. It's the only video that even has that phrase in it. And if you read the description, you'll find out what Thrill Oxide means. Full, the full title, I think, is Thrill Oxide Stonecutters. 
<laughs> and MK Ultron, mm. and uh, it basically breaks down a, a very controversial <laughs> subject. Yeah, don't you know? We're 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 seeing exactly what cats think about that research, <laughs> but that's just because. Or is this toxoplasmosis yeah, moment to- right now? T. Gandhi is your lord and savior tonight. <laughs> I just got a dose for free. That was dope. Yeah. Thank you. Nice. Donut. Yeah, ParanoidAmerican.com, ParanoidAmerican on YouTube. And if you got extra cash and you want to see cool stuff, for example, we talked about Moonchild for how long? Bam. What's that? Is yeah. that Moonchild and Aleister Crowley in a, in a whole illustrated description of everything we just talked about in this homunculus owner's manual, ParanoidAmerican.com? Awesome. Donut? Yeah, you can find me at doe-nut.com. Got that donut right there. On my Patreon, I'll be releasing the Hollywood, Holly Weird edition, uh, going through a bunch of symbols and documented Hollywood, which will come out eventually. And yeah, you can find me there. That's <laughs> 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 the face. Like chair, bro, it's just... <laughs> <laughs> TJ, you know the Scientology. That's yeah. How it, he's watching there. us right now. <laughs> he's we, auditing we us. Each, yeah, we just look at each other. I wonder if he's looking at him. I think he's like looking at the computer screen, and he's all like, "What the heck? Why do I look like that?" TJOJP.com. Check me out on there, and thank you for everyone who tuned in, guys. This was awesome. <laughs> he looks evil. <laughs> he's so evil looking. Oh, it's still going.